From the 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studio, here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus. All right, happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back. Three hours with you today. Three hours with you most of the week. Exception of Thursday, we've got, uh, I think, two and a half because of the UTEP game. But, man, we're busy. we got a lot going on. This is our, our uh, big week in El Paso before we head out to Vegas and uh, get ready for the road to Las Vegas, Radio Row, and uh, Super Bowl 58 with the 49ers and the Chiefs. Excited about that. And uh, the guests, uh, I'll tell you what, Adrian, we are so far ahead of the curve this year compared to last year with guests, it's unbelievable. Yeah, there's no sophomore slump in year two for 600 ESPN El Paso out at Radio Row. I felt like we were rookies last year. Yep. No fault to our own. We just didn't know the uh, you know, the different ropes to it. And now we are pre-booking guests. We are loading oh, yes. up days. Uh, we might have too many guests, but that might be a good thing because we can actually give our listeners bonus coverage on our podcast channel, on our YouTube channel, uh, everywhere else. So I'm not worried at all, Steve. I think we're going to have a great time and I think we're going to have some awesome, awesome guests. Our Friday show is going to be unbelievable because the basically the entire Westwood One radio broadcast team will be dropping by to see us on Friday. So, I mean, it is going to be uh, it's going to be happening. In fact, Kevin Harlan, Dean Blandino, um, and and possibly even uh, Rich Eisen. So. This is going to be, and that's just Friday, and Mike Golick, um, Laura Oakman, the whole Westwood One team. So we're working on that right now. That was our project today, and uh, we're getting that done, plus so many other names. I agree with you. I think we're going to have more than we can handle this year, and this year our podcasts are going to be uh, as good as the live shows because the podcasts are going to have all the guests that we couldn't fit on Sports Talk. So, yes, that is exciting. Speaking of excitement, our sponsors. It wouldn't be possible without our sponsors for this live broadcast, including the likes of Palo Verde Homes, our um, live broadcast sponsor. And that is going to be great. Super excited about having Palo Verde on board as one of our major sponsors for uh, this broadcast. And uh, Edgar and company uh, always coming up big and uh, doing it again this time around. Not only that. But we also have Roland Smoke Barbecue, 915 Tours. We've got Pelican Steak and Seafood. We also have Oscar Adietta Agency working on adding Wind Supply El Paso later this week to that list. And the list will keep growing and growing and growing until we uh, get ourselves out to Vegas next Monday and start enjoying this trip firsthand. So we got some breaking news, Steve. Hills Automotive out in Northeast El Paso. They are going to be our interview sponsor for awesome. us on Radio Row for the Super Bowl. So shout out to Hills Automotive, Charlie out there, uh, the great team, Dave, uh, Hill, and all of Hills Automotive Center. So really appreciate them. That is fantastic. And not only that, Hills Automotive is a brand new 600 ESPN El Paso sponsor. That's right. So love it when we get people on board for the very first time. 
I agree with you completely. And, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to them if I ever need a towing service, mobile auto repair, all that kind of stuff. Our very own Cade McConnell knows the people out at Hills Automotive Center as well. So, yeah, big shout-out to them. I'm happy that they're on board for this. Well, that is awesome. Cade is here, by the way. Um, and, and for our weekly chat, he'll be sitting in with us for the whole show today. Um, I like the fact that as we keep making these kind of announcements, your Rolodex just gets bigger and bigger as you're here in El Paso at UTEP. That's the way it should be. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I have no opposition to it. I, what I really want from from this episode today, Steve, in this live show, yes, I'd like to hear what tw- um, some more tweets or a caller or something. I want to hear from the audience that's listening. I, I we had a question last time, maybe one or two questions last time. I want to see a couple more of those this time. I want to hear from the people. Anything. Anything that people have to say. Anything. It doesn't have to be about football. It could be about food. We've we've gotten to experience some good food in the last couple of weeks here. Uh, we're going to keep that rolling, as we know, barbecue tomorrow. That's right. Rolling Smoke will be here, and uh, so will you. That's great to hear. So excited. And it's going to be my first time having it, so, I mean, I feel like that's an experience in itself. Good. And, by the way, how did you like uh, Another Broken Egg uh, last week when we were out there for that? Uh, another Broken Egg was so good. I was just talking to this off-air with Adrian a second ago, and I was saying that place had some really, really good food, great service. I mean, everyone took care of us. We were there so nice. Um, I can't wait to go back there soon. My girlfriend's coming back up to visit in a week or two. Nice. I can guarantee you that's where we're going to go. I'm gonna, I, I got to get some more stuff on the menu, though. I didn't have the stomach to get as all the stuff that I wanted. There was too many good things. We ate the same thing. We both had the Floridian omelet, which was very good because it had the crab on top. And um, uh, just a, it was a nice, if you like seafood, I mean, they've got so many seafood options. A ton of options. I want to try the s'mores waffle though that's i mean it's just it's glowing at me on the menu and i need to try it next time i go that sounds like the kind of thing you want to eat after a full workout when you know you're just ready to indulge and enjoy that's the best way to go that's like the friday friday after morning workout i have i have 7 30 lift on fridays so by the time it's over you know 10 10 30 Boom, s'mores waffle. I like that. By the way, folks, we do still have uh, $50 gift certificates for $25 to another Broken Egg Cafe available now at Dining Deals. And all you got to do is go to uh, 600ESPNLPaso.com and click on the Dining Deals link under the uh, must-read bar, and you will be able to purchase those $25 gift certificates to another Broken Egg Cafe. And while you're there, you can look at the preview for Roland Smoke Barbecue, which goes live 10 a.m. on Friday. 10 a.m. Uh, this Friday for Roland Smoke Barbecue. So, yes, excited about that. Excited about everything. Excited about Cade and Lane and Zay next Monday. They will be hosting for us as uh, we are uh, going to be starting the journey out uh, to Radio Row next uh, Monday. And, man, can't wait to see what the three of you have cooking for that show. I mean, we always have fun when we do it. Lane and I have a great job, do a great job together, I think. I think we have a good feel for each other. And then Zay in there coming in. I, it's going to be a, a nice little combo again. We're going to have a lot of fun holding the four down for you guys. Well, I know you will. And that's why we're so excited to have you guys back doing that show again. There's going to be a good lot to talk about with the three of you. And we'll be listening while we're out there on on site, which is also fun for us. Now, I've got a caller to get in, which I want to get in, but I'll just uh, throw this out to start it off. Chiefs, 49ers. How surprised are you about the matchup? 
If you would have told me this back at the beginning of the year, I would have been just as skeptical as everybody else was about the Chiefs. Now that we're here, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, okay, how could we miss that? It's the same thing with the Patriots for the longest time. Well, did they are they really going to make it again? And yep, they they absolutely do. Um, as far as sentimentally, I'm I'm with the rest of the nation. I wanted to see a Ravens Lions Super Bowl just as bad as the public out there, but. I'm not too surprised when you see the way that both of these teams have been playing and the way the Chiefs have been able to clean it up in the playoffs and the way that uh, they've both become dynamic teams that have been able to make play after play. It's not too surprising that they're here. Are you surprised that Taylor Swift has essentially taken over the NFL? Because it's crazy to think about her following and how many people now uh, are aware of Travis Kelsey because they're dating. You know, it, it's all it's all in the perspective, Steve. I'll tell you that because the NFL is not about Taylor Swift to me. But people who know nothing about the NFL and know everything about Taylor Swift, well, the NFL is all Taylor Swift to them. So right. that that's a hundred percent true. I'm I am not shocked with how much that she has done as far as revenue for the NFL. Don't quote me on this, but I think I saw something in like the hundreds of millions of revenue that she's had for the Chiefs or something. You know, in in the organization in the NFL, that is still mind boggling to me. Um, but she she sure knows how to make her headline this whole season. I'll say this though, okay. Uh, some people believe that there's a conspiracy theory going and that the only reason the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl is because of Taylor Swift uh, and the relationship with Travis Kelsey. Those are people that don't watch games because if you watch the NFL, you would realize that Kansas City is, A, the defending Super Bowl champions. They have the experience that when they go up these tough matchups like Baltimore last week and Buffalo the week before, they're just better. They're, they're, they're battle-tested, and they deserve to be there. It has nothing to do with Taylor Swift. It has everything to do with the fact that the Chiefs are in the midst of a dynasty that we're watching right now in real time, and they are the best team in the AFC and have been for the last four or five years. 100%. And if you actually sit down and watch the Chiefs play and what they've been been able to do in the second you know towards the end of the season second half and then especially into this playoff run I mean they've done things that that win you playoff games when you see Mahomes extend the play for as long as he has and then Kelsey come up with the ball those are the type of things that teams who make the playoffs year after year after year find a way to do in the playoffs there's no rhyme there's no reason you can't coach it you don't prepare for it but teams that have been there over and over again seem to make those types of things happen I mean you saw it with Brady and the Patriots for all those years too they had certain things like that that you could call luck, you could call it the football gods, yep. you, can, you can call it whatever you want to call it, but those types of things happen for teams like this. So true. Let's go to the phones. We'll start it off with Orly. He's going to be first up today here, big 49ers fan, Cade, so he's very happy with what happened over the weekend. 505-6009. Orly, what's going on? Here, pretty, 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 pretty. That's all i got to say. Hey, real quick, yeah. <laughs> Some of the sponsors, Hills Automotive, if you see Pappy, he's a great bowler. Talk about bowling to him. Uh, he bowls on Tuesday nights. He's a great person. You got some good sponsors. Another broken egg, you got to try the Orleans omelet. Best omelet out there. Is that and the one? The, now, is the Orleans the one with the shrimp or the crawfish or both? Crawfish, shrimp, both. And then you've got the <laughs> apple fritter. French toast. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Great boy. Let me tell you, my diabetes really took a hit. But it's okay. hope the doctor's not listening. I've got a restaurant for you in in, in Vegas. You want to try it if you got time. Okay. It's called the Hugo, Hugo Cellars. Hugo Cellars. Yeah. Great place. It's downtown. It's been around forever. Uh, great food. 
Um, you can try If they have it, they got the frog wall, goose liver, it's great. Try it. They've got a great rack of lamb, uh, great steaks, uh, recommended highly. It's one of the probably a, a four to five star restaurant in downtown Vegas. Okay, we will uh, we will yeah. look uh, and see if we can find uh, Hugo Sellers. That's for sure. Hugo Sellers. Anyway, you know I, I understand the, the, all the excitement with Taylor Swift, which is good for the NFL. If you're trying to get that younger generation involved, you're doing it. How many people knew? How many of that age knew anything about the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, that age, that age, if you're not a sports fan, nobody. The obvious answer is no one. If you don't follow nobody. the game. Yeah. But you know what? That's fine. I want all the distractions. Oh, this gives the 49ers an advantage. You know, it just, 40, people are underestimating the 49ers, in my opinion. This is a team that has shown in the last two weeks yeah, they can come back from a deficit. Better not do that against Kansas City, or they won't come back. But it's it's it's. I'm enjoying it. I think this is a great ride. We said it from day one. There were a team that was going to be reckoned with, and uh, I'm excited about it. You know what? As far as Taylor Swift, better hope she doesn't break up with him. There's going to be an ugly song about him. Oh uh, yeah, there would there would definitely there would definitely be a good breakup song in that regard. Uh, that's oh, for sure. you know it will be. Hey, how about how about, how about give me your thoughts on this? Jerry Jones said today the Cowboys are going all in in 2024. Here is the direct quote: "We will be going all in. I would say that you will see us this coming year, not build it for the future." So the Cowboys, according to Jerry Jones. Are all in for 2024. We've been, we've been hearing this for 35, 30 years. Yes, we have. You know, it's the same thing. You've got generations that have never seen them win a playoff game or win one playoff game. You know, it is what it is. It's all about smoke and mirrors with him. He's got to make his, his comments for the press. It's all about him, his ego. Cowboy fans, you'll never see a Super Bowl as long as he's around. All right, yeah. Orly. Appreciate the restaurant recommendation and thanks for the call. There you go. Give us that uh give us that purdy uh that, that purdy uh lead like you gave us before. Give us start us end it with here, that. Here, here, purdy, 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 purdy. All right, thank you, Orly. We'll see you later. Adrian and... make sure you get that clip and let's just have that on let's just rack that whenever we need it. You know, I love Orly. I hate the 49ers. I really do. <laughs> I, I think they're probably my most hated team in any sports. And you're not even a Cowboys fan. No. No, I'm a Rams fan. That's why. That's where this, the hate stems. That and makes so, you know more what? sense. I, two years ago, the Rams got the ring, so I feel fine. I feel good. I'm, I'm vindicated. I'm fine. But it's this is a little tough. I, I just want to tell you, I feel like I'm living a nightmare every day knowing that the Lions lost this game. It was over. It was over. The game was done at halftime. So, Adrian, are you hoping that the Chiefs win the Super Bowl? Well, yeah. It's like I have to root for the Chiefs in this case. I have no other options. I so. mean, that doesn't feel right either. I no, mean, it doesn't. I mean, we're, we're witnessing the making of another dynasty, and I don't remember a person who liked the Patriots other than Patriots fans for as long as I can remember. That's true. But the, but the funny thing about the Chiefs is they were really kind of irrelevant before Patrick Mahomes showed up. They were. They were. And now they're you know six years straight of excellence. You could say the Patriots were totally irrelevant before Bill Belichick and uh, uh, Tom Brady showed up. 
that's how dynasties are built, right? They kind of come straight from the ashes, and then it blossoms into something that we didn't think we were going to get. That's a good point. We'll come back more in a moment. 18 past. We've got uh, Cade with us for the first uh, th- uh, first of three today. And then Rachel Phillips from KVIA. She's going to be dropping by at 5. So excited to have her here as well. But first, let's go to Charlie 1, get this traffic update. Twenty-two past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. 505-6009, that is our telephone number to get into the program. 505-6009 here on Sports Talk. Along with Cade McConnell, Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Man, I watch these videos of UTEP hosting recruits. It's wild some of the stuff that's going on with these players, especially with the with the backdrop and the green screen and all the photos and the the dance music and the I mean, it's was it was it like that when you were recruited? No, no, it was not. <laughs> I promise you, the coaches right now in this building are giving recruiting visits and official visits like you have never seen before in college football. I mean, I, I'm I telling, believe it. Alabama may do some crazy stuff and they may give their players <laughs> some more and whatever and shower them and things, but you will not have a coaching staff treat you the way that you're treated on our official visits here. And the coolest part is, is that's how the entire coaching staff is for real. Like that's how Coach Walden acts on a consistent basis, but they go nuts for your photo shoot and it's awesome to see. I've never seen anything like it before. I mean, it's the photo shoot is crazy. And then just the reaction from the coaches. And you can imagine. And I guess here's the question, too. Okay, let's just say you're 17, 18 years old, right? I mean, you, you, you cater to the personalities, the athletes, and what they're into. And it sounds like that is exactly the kind of thing that a lot of these young, uh, young kids, they eat up when they get an opportunity like that. 100%. I mean, I was hosting a couple of recruits the other week. And uh, that we all went to the photo shoot and I was kind of standing along. They were like, oh, you haven't seen one of these before? And I was like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. I was like, I've seen a clip on Twitter, maybe. And they said, oh, well, you're in for a treat. And when I tell you, these guys got ramped up like they were Ray Lewis about to run out onto the field through the tunnel. I mean, they got ramped up and rowdy, ready to go. And and I smiled, Steve, for like two straight hours. My face was hurting because I was laughing and smiling for so long. And that's exactly what the recruits felt. I mean, there was, I think, three of them in there, and we had three verbal commitments on the spot before we left the photo shoot. That's huge. I mean, that's, that's a, a great closing rate when you start to think about it. And, you know, you said it best. You said it was nothing like when you had your visit. What was your visit like at UTEP before you signed? My visit was pretty cool for, for what it was was at the time because mine was very different than what a lot of other people's was. Um, I didn't come up on a Friday, Saturday, you know, during the season or right after the season. Like there was, I didn't have that because I was a late signing. So um, I came up in the summer. It was late June. Uh, I I came up here with my dad and they kind of brought us in. I got to see a little bit of the summer workouts, get taken around. And then there was, uh, got to see El Paso a little bit. And then we had a crawfish boil that day, which was pretty cool. There was only one I think that's ever happened here um, from Coach Pivato. And he had a crawfish boil, so I got to sit with the team and the coaches and eat some crawfish. Mm -hmm. They took me to some restaurants around. um, And that was really the extent of it. It wasn't too crazy or anything because a lot of the players were in workouts and doing stuff like that. And it wasn't a Friday or Saturday, so guys had, you know, uh, um, other other things they had to attend to. But at the time, that was really cool for me because – it was more about, you know, 
can I see the place that I'm going to spend the next, you know, three, four years at? Am I going to be able, you know, am I going to be able to be here? Am I going to be able to like the building that I'm in and the guys that I'm around and stuff? And that gave me an opportunity to do it, which was cool. But there was, I did have a photo shoot, but there was definitely not 15 to 20 people jumping around doing backflips and, <laughs> and music louder than, you know, it, it was like a club, you know, in some of these photo shoots and that, that yeah. I didn't have any of that. My, my, my visit was awesome, but it was definitely nothing like what's going on right now. So the question is this, okay. UTEP has always finished near the bottom in recruiting in Conference USA. This group seems like, A, they're not afraid to bring anybody in here. And they're going to do everything they can to try to get that individual to say he's coming to UTEP. Isn't that exactly what you want, though? I mean, you want, you want coaches that are convicted in the players that they're going to sign, regardless of what the public thinks. They, they like the players that they want, and they're going to go as hard as they possibly can after them. I mean, that's exactly what you want, right? You want, you want full effort for a player that you believe in, and that's exactly what they're doing. And as far as the uh, players go, since you're hosting them and you're around them, you tell me, are, are these guys that are just, they come here having no idea what to expect, and by the time they leave, are they saying it's one of the best trips they've ever taken? That's exactly the words that came out of their mouth. I mean, I, I was with them, like I said, the other week, and the host, the, the kid that I was hosting, his name was Stratton, and he was Oh, he was really cool, dude. He was from New Mexico. Apparently, he's the either the number one linebacker or the number one player in New Mexico rated. I don't know exactly which one, but he came out of there and he was wearing the uniform and he was he was jacked. I mean, he did not look like a high school kid. I was like, wow, yeah, that that looks like a really athletic linebacker right there. Um, and then we went out and showed him around El Paso and everything else. And by the time that I dropped those guys off back home, they were like, you know, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Like, I can't wait to come here. Was wow. their exact words. That's great. And uh, the one thing we do know is this because of the large number of players that left after last season there's a ton of openings right now a ton of spots on this roster yeah, I mean, there's there's always going to be openings on rosters, but there's even bigger openings right now from what happened in this past year. And obviously, you know, there's been a ton of signings already. There's been a group that came over with Coach Walden. There's been other schools that have transferred in and then, you know, some high school signings and everything else. And it's starting to fill up, but there's still some spaces. And so it just feels like there's this whole new wave of energy coming in. You know what else is kind of weird uh, is that some of the stuff that's done now with recruiting, you couldn't do a few years ago like it was, I won't say it was illegal, but there were restrictions of what you could and, could and can and can't do. And now, thanks to NIL and the portal, it's pretty much you can do whatever you want. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to think about how if you try to go out of the box and be a little different, and I would say if you're UTEP, you have to be different. You must find a way to separate yourself from your peers. It is vital. And now it seems like this staff, at least with what they're bringing in, who they're bringing in, and how they're going about their recruiting – He's trying to do just that. Yeah, and they do it in, in, in two ways. I feel like they do it they do it by two things. Number one, they do it by overly informing and, and trying to make the recruit understand exactly why they're recruiting them and not somebody else and, and how they're gonna work in the system offensively, defensively, or special teams, which we call we fence now. Um, and and they explain that to them. And the second way they do that is they just want them to have fun and to feel good on their on their visit and give them a little glimpse of the energy that they hold throughout their program and they're doing both 
both of those two things so well right now, which is separating them from other schools and coaching staffs in recruiting, which you need because, you know, we don't, we're not a power five school that's going to have funding to, you know, rent out some crazy place or, or do some, you know, super crazy extravagant things. They're saying, you know, how can we make the recruit feel special and try to, you know, invite them into the program emotionally? And they're doing a great job of it. Cade, when it comes to recruiting, now we, we see it from a certain lens, which is so interesting because we're on the outside of things right now. Uh, I just want you to, to explain to us, is any of this over the top is any of this uh, too much in your opinion or is this where recruiting needs to head for UTEP just to be all over social media to get guys excited online and stuff like that is that where UTEP needs to head for the recruiting efforts uh, moving forward yeah, I don't think it's too much, and that's a great question. I think that we should continue to move in this direction and continue to put out on social media because, believe it or not, and whether people agree with it or not, I mean, that's the things that come across people's phones, and that's what you see. When you're a high school kid coming across and you see certain recruits, and, you know, as in the football community and football side of social media, you know, if you're on Twitter, I remember being in high school and I would always see, I remember Texas. Like, Texas had their white light hallway that had all the lights that came down for all their players photo shoots and stuff like that or the Oregon one where they sit in the throne like that's iconic it has a little bit of a brand to it right and on a smaller scale that's exactly what UTEP's doing everyone's seeing all these coaches go nuts and the most hype you know for lack of a better term photo shoot that you could possibly have like that's what's separating and so this is the direction that you have to go in recruiting because you want as many eyes and you want as many kids to want to go to UTEP over other schools that's how you win that's how you win the recruiting game that's what Nick Saban did in his own way for such a long time he would come in he would sit you down and he would talk and he would explain why he wanted that kid so bad and this is just a different way of doing that this is coming in and saying we are different from everybody else choose us over the other school for x y and z and now you have potentially a better player than the guy that lines up across more in a moment as we continue 505-6009 our telephone number let's go back to adrian and get this sports center update why when Scotty Walden took the job, he took his entire staff with him. Maybe recruiting is a big part of it. Like, if you've been with him the last few years at Austin P, you know the drill. You know how they've been getting players over there. And if you only come with a handful of assistants, it's hard to take newbies and convince them of what you need to do to recruit the way you want to a place like this. So maybe along the lines of what he did, bringing the entire group, they already have it down. They know the drill. So when they come here, all they're doing is doing what they've done before, and now they're just using it here in El Paso instead of having to try and work that in with a whole new assistant staff. Yeah, and I think it's unconventional. I think fans aren't used to this, right? Because used to seeing an FCS staff jump to the Division One level here at UTEP and uh, hope to make an impact here. But what Scotty Walden has shown so far is he is leaning on his staff around him uh, to bring the energy, to bring the excitement around recruiting. He wants to tap into all the resources that he has, and if that's uh, you know keeping the staff that he had from Austin P, he hired a couple outsiders, but pretty yeah. much his entire staff, and they already are bought into the product that they want to sell. That's now UTEP football, which is interesting, right? Because the last uh, regime's pitch under Dana Dimmel was be a part of something that's never really happened here at UTEP, and that's a successful or trying to be a successful program, you know, and something that hasn't really happened here in a long time. Two consecutive. 
winning seasons when they had it uh, in 2021. Their pitch in 2022 was be a part of something that really has never happened. So I'll flip it to you, Cade. What's the pitch now with Scotty Walden and all these new recruits? What's the pitch from this coaching staff? I mean, the pitch here is 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 winning. It's exactly what Coach Walden said he came here to do. But the two words that really come to mind, the true pitch is buy-in. Buy-in to everything that's happening right now and everything that Coach Walden has said. And he said, actions always speak louder than words. He tells us that almost weekly or every day that we're in that facility. And it's, it's, it's come in here and buy-in to the system because everywhere that Coach Walden's been, he has won. And he just showed that most previously at Austin P, but it's been successful before that and he believes in the staff that he has and the way that he does things and how he operates so my my call to action to everybody listening and the fans is buy in with us all the players are going through uh, a turning of the tides and a change right now from the old coaching staff to the new coaching staff and we're figuring out in these first two weeks three weeks of lifting how to really buy in not just to what he's saying but every little detail that he's asking his football players to do and that goes from little things of, of picking up trash in, a, in, a, in the locker room and making sure there's not a speck of anything on the ground to holding open doors for people and, and treating people with respect. It, it goes all across the board. And, and my call to the fans is, is do the exact same thing. Show up for the games. Be a passionate fan and stick with us because there is a changing in a positive direction right now, and, it, and it's time to hop on. So what's interesting about you is this. You're the incumbent starter heading into next season. And you could easily come in with the attitude of, hey, I was a starting quarterback for the last half of 2023. I'm going to go into this and, and compete as a starting quarterback in 2024 and leave it at just that. But you are, as you said, full in right now. You are absolutely taking this new group and what they've, what they've preached, and there is no, well, I'm just going to go in, compete, and that's it. You have adopted everything that they're preaching, and if every uh, incumbent minor does that, then I think that's just going to make for that much more of a successful 2024. We always use the phrase sleeping giant with UTEP football in El Paso. With such a big city, a great stadium, a great fan base that has a lot of people that can come to it, and we're always trying to wake it up, right? And we're trying to keep it awake for as long as we can and have a successful program that continues to go far into the future. And that's hard. It's hard to do in Division One college football. It's not an easy test, but it's absolutely achievable. And I don't want to be, Steve, just the just the quarterback that was played for the last half of last season then comes in and competes and does his thing in the season and then leaves when my time is up here. I don't, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that truthfully loves El Paso because I do, and I want everybody to come along with me. I want, I want all the people and all the fans that come out. I want the young kids that play football in El Paso. I want all the players and everybody else to buy into this culture and this thing of UTEP football so that on Saturday nights and Friday nights when we get into that stadium and the lights are on, that it's just one big community and we all believe in the exact same thing that's the beauty of this city and college football in it right there and the cool part about it is I feel like I get to be in the center of all that I get to stand in the middle of the field with all the fans around and I want everyone to come along with in a positive direction I mean that's fun I don't I don't want to just play quarterback I don't want to just be a student I want to be somebody that's integrated with the community and somebody that brings everybody along to something that's going to be really really fun you know what else is interesting too and that is I know, you know, recruiting is a big deal. And and hearing the stories about recruiting, it's 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 pretty eye-opening about what they're doing. And fans will tell you that if you win, they come. That's just the way it is. Win, you'll you bring the fans. I almost wish 
that Scotty Walden and his staff could actually host a recruiting night for fans. So fans show up before the season even starts, and he treats them the way he does his recruits, and all of a sudden gets the fans pumped up for this season before any snap of any down is ever even played. Almost like you give him the opportunity to hype and sell the program to the community the way he has his recruits before we ever see any any game in 2024. That's a great idea. And and here's the really cool thing about Coach Walden is that it's all genuine. And And what I'm leading into is if somebody or a fan can come in and see Coach Walden for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and feel and see what he is all about, you're sold like that. Come to the basketball game this Saturday. I'm sure that I, I, I'm sure Coach Walden will be there. He was there at the last time. Um, you know, I'm not saying that for sure, but come, come see how he acts around a UTEP basketball game and how passionate he is for the guys out on the court. It's not fake. It's not for show. Last time we were, I was in a basketball game with him. He probably sold 50 tickets to a football game just by the way that he acted out at the basketball game. I mean, it was fiery. It was energetic. It was motivating. I've called him a WWE superstar like five times because that's exactly how I feel when I'm around him. And if fans can get in front of him and feel the exact same thing that all the players have felt or anybody else that's come in contact with him, they're going to want to come to the football games. And then we're going to start something, like I said, really, really fun. All right. When we come back, we're going to read some tweets. We'll get some more thoughts from Cade. And uh, he'll be sticking around until 7 o'clock. And then we've got Rachel Phillips in 20 minutes. A little bit later in the show, we're going to do a deep dive with Cade about teams on the road. And why it is so difficult to duplicate the success that you have at home away from home. And there's no better perspective than a current student-athlete to dive into this with us. And I'm not just talking football. I'm talking basketball. So we'll do that a little bit later in the show. Stay with us, folks. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. You guys just said you were skeptical about the Chiefs making the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. But now saying it's not a conspiracy theory because the Chiefs have been good all year, with the latter not being accurate because they beat one team with a winning record in the regular season. So for people to think that maybe the NFL wants Taylor Swift, I mean the Chiefs to be in the Super Bowl, isn't far-fetched. The Chiefs are good, but again, they beat one team, the Dolphins, in the regular season that had a winning record. All right, first off, I'll pass the visuals, Deportivos. They were 11-6, and six, all right? This was not a 9-8 and eight football team that got lucky and started winning some games. They were an 11-6 and six team. And you're right. The Dolphins were the only team they beat with a winning record. But if you look at who they lost to and how they lost, it was a close loss to the Lions. It was a close loss to the Eagles. They're in plenty of tight games this year. And the thing is this, okay? Who do you trust more in the playoffs? A Baltimore team that was great in the regular season but unproven in the playoffs? Or a KC team that even if they only beat one team with a winning record is the defending Super Bowl champs who are so battle-tested in the postseason they know how to get it done when it matters the most? 100%. I mean, I'm going to take the battle-tested playoff team a majority of the time. And the reason for that is playoff football is completely different than regular season football. The atmosphere is different, the stakes are different, and the teams that you're playing are oftentimes different. And the Chiefs have been now for six years in a row to the AFC Championship and then into the Super Bowl. I mean, 
that you can't beat that. You can't. That's why it's not surprising to me that they're in the spot they're in. You know, my comment earlier was that I wouldn't have picked them to be in the Super Bowl this year. I didn't. I didn't think that that I didn't think that was going to be replicated again. But into the later part of the year and then into the playoffs. They come out and they start acting like the real Chiefs that we knew again. They find another gear in the playoffs. Marquez Valdez-Scanling wasn't dropping passes that were going into the end zone with the game on the line. Kadarius Toney didn't have his foot over the line and and wasn't offsides and wasn't false starting or dropping passes himself. Those things were eliminated in the playoffs and the Chiefs returned to their form. So, And I also, Steve, I don't believe in the conspiracy theories of wanting teams to go to the Super Bowl or not. I mean, people can say what they want, but you know how hard it is? to to shape a football game exactly how you'd want it to. I mean, there was just too many things that happened at a football game for me to really believe that it shaped one way or another. Adrian, give me your thoughts. Yeah, the conspiracy. I feel like every everybody spends way too much time on the conspiracy theories. Now, here's my my question and my wish to all the conspiracy theorists out there: uh, Why don't you? Why aren't you more consistent? Because if the Ravens would have won, then it was the logo conspiracy theory. If the Chiefs win, oh, it's the Taylor Swift conspiracy theory. Be consistent with what you want to land on. If you're going to stick your flag on something for a conspiracy, be consistent. Don't go out here be hypocritical and all this stuff and say. Oh, well, the Chiefs won because of Taylor Swift. Well, if the Ravens won, you would have just said the logo conspiracy, which you look back the two years ago, it's kind of a reach to think those logos look exactly like the teams who went in. People are always going to have something to grab onto, but I agree with that. I mean, be consistent. And and the other thing is, too, is that, you know, people are going to say, oh, well, the whole public wanted the Ravens and the Lions to go in, and it was the opposite, whatever. But if you really sit down and watch football games, I mean, Adrian, do you know how hard it would be to actually script a game and to have Lamar try to be like, okay, I'm going to do this, this, and that, whatever, to lose the game? Or on the flip side, for the refs to be like, I'm going to throw a blatant flag that doesn't make any sense to try to change an outcome of a game? I mean, it's not realistic. Now, you look at quarterbacks differently because you're, you are one, okay? We all know Patrick Mahomes is right now in a league of his own. He's the top, top of the ladder. Do you see a guy like Brock Purdy and almost root for him because he's been the underdog his entire pro career since he was drafted last uh, by the uh, 49ers? I do, and I don't blame anybody for rooting for him because he was an underdog. Last pick in the draft, had to fight his way up, got an opportunity because of one reason or another, and then made it happen. I mean, I'm, me at UTEP wasn't too far off of that exact story, so I don't I mean, I don't fault anybody for rooting for him for simply being the underdog, um, but I still look at him through the same lens that I look at any other quarterback. I don't when I see Brock Purdy playing on Sunday, I don't say, oh, that's the last pick in the draft playing. I just see the quarterback that's playing for the 49ers, and I kind of watch him as he goes through his game. And I've seen both sides. I've watched games from the 49ers where I feel like Brock Purdy makes elite plays that potentially few quarterbacks in the NFL can make. And then there's other times where I say, Sometimes he is, you know, what we call just simply a game manager and he's putting the pieces in the puzzle the right way and who's going to fault him for that? I, I don't fault him for that either. Uh, but but then I feel like, okay, maybe he is mix, missing a little bit of an X factor, but the team that's around him is so elite that they're able to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, you could really play both sides of it. Sure. But he's been successful, hasn't he? 4-0 in the playoffs. I mean, can you ask for much more, right? I mean, 4-0 in the playoffs, they probably win the game uh, that he doesn't get hurt last year, and they probably go farther. You know, I mean, he's done everything that they've asked him to do and more, and they're putting their team in a great position to go possibly win a championship. I don't know which more you could ask for. One hour in the books. When we come back, Rachel Phillips, she said her goodbyes, 
And now she'll say her hellos as she welcomes uh, us back uh, for hour two. We'll look forward to having Rachel here and keep things moving. 600 ESPN El Paso. Thank you for welcoming me into your homes these past three years. Telling someone's story is one of the most special parts of my job, and those stories are only possible because of all of you. Thank you to every player, coach, AD, parent, fan, referee, SID, and everyone else in between for letting me tell your stories and giving me the ability to live out my dream as a sports reporter. These past few years would not be possible without our former general manager, Kevin Lovell, and current general manager, Brenda, taking a chance on an Aussie who'd never heard of the borderland and entrusting me to go from being a news reporter to a weekend morning anchor, to a weekend sports anchor. Thank you to my news director, Sean, for allowing me to be me and letting me to continue to grow. Adrian for putting up with my daily antics. There are a lot of them. And really just this entire newsroom for becoming my family. To my weekend team, um, miss our family dinners, our random newsroom karaoke sessions, and our inability to end a show on time because we go off on a random tangent. In a little bit, I'll announce on my socials what's next. But first up, I'm going home to Australia for the first time in three and a half years. Then I'll be back stateside to keep living the dream. I'll always be proud to say I lived in the Sun City because of how truly kind the people are here. Muchos gracias, El Paso. Nunca obedere esta luca. We love you so much. And we're we going love to miss you so you. much, Rachel. And best you of luck to you. Thank you. That is awesome. That was uh, Rachel Phillips uh, here over the weekend. Her last cast, her goodbye at uh, ABC7. I think it's safe to say, Adrian, nobody in El Paso developed a cult following quite as fast as Rachel has here in El Paso. Yeah, and I mean, talk about somebody who really made a name for herself in this community, and a community that I felt like, uh, for the most part, embraced her. They loved uh, what she delivered. They liked the enthusiasm, the energy that she brought to all her reports. But more than that, if you actually knew Rachel, you you would know that she's a genuinely good person. So that was a really good part about it as well. Uh, Steve, it it feels like we say hello and then goodbye way too often uh, in this business. So it's just sad to see somebody like Rachel leave El Paso, which felt like it went, it flew by. These past years just flew by. Yeah, I, I hate this part of the uh, shows when we have to say goodbye to uh, people we enjoy working with and, and people we've grown to trust and, and like in this town, and they do such a good job. But that's where we are. Rachel Phillips back with us um, for the final time before she heads home and then gets ready for the next chapter in her career. Uh, welcome back to the show, and uh, thanks for joining us. How are you? I mean, I was doing okay until you played my goodbye again. I got a little a little emotional and teary again hearing that. Um, no, thank you guys for having me on. It's, it's awesome to be back. And, yeah, I, just, I said to you when I walked in, it's, it's all the emotions. I just said goodbye to a really good friend of mine, and it's, it's hard. It, but good at the same time. It's, it's both all the emotions. That's good. And, by the way, today isn't unique because Cade's with you. So, you know, it's kind of interesting, isn't it, that can you believe that in 30 years of this radio show, this is the first time we've ever had a, a UTEP student-athlete intern with us who actually wants to do this? I mean, you know. It's awesome. I mean, it I, I love that you're doing this. I think, I mean, you're so good at it, too. When, as soon as you took over playing quarterback this season or last season, I guess we should say, your answers to questions like I was just like oh he is so made for this and then to hear that you were interning with them I was like yeah like I I have no doubts if you want to have a career in broadcasting you're going to do it because you just you've got such a great way of talking and then obviously you know football through and through because you you play it so (laughs) I just I'm excited for you it's really cool you're doing it's awesome for you guys to kind of bring that to listeners no we agree yeah well thank you first of all because to have somebody say that for the person who interviews me after practice and games every week is pretty special Um, but also just thank you for for being so kind and awesome I mean people don't really understand sometimes how important a relationship like ours could be even though I don't talk to you very often 
often, but the short amount of times that we get to talk to, you know, I mean, that can make a difference in somebody's day and it can make a difference out in the public with, you know, how questions come in for players and things like that. And, you know, some guys aren't as good at fielding questions and, and, and other things. So the way that you were able to build some rapport uh, and have a relationship and stuff, you know, I really do appreciate it. Um, and I wish you the best of luck. I'm sad you're leaving too. Thank you, Kate. I appreciate it. When you arrived here from Arizona State and the Cronkite School of Broadcasting, did you ever think that sports would end up being part of your job responsibilities by the time you, uh, you, know, you were done here in El Paso? I really, really, really hoped it would be. Um, but there was no guarantee. So, like, obviously, Nate, uh, Ryan, who's now in San Antonio, he was in the sports job when I first came into ABC7, and there was a chance that he could leave in June of that year. Um, so I was like, okay, there's a chance that I could maybe slide into that position in June. He didn't leave. He ended up staying another year. Um, so I ended up doing a year and a half in news, but there was still no guarantee, even if he did, that I'd get to do sports. And uh, Kevin Lovell, our former general manager, he called me actually uh, Sunday morning being like, I heard it's your last sports cast. Uh, he, we talked about sports and whether I'd be able to do it or not and whether he would allow me to do it or not. And he basically said to me, if you prove yourself, like, yeah, like you'll get a chance at the job. And I was like, okay. And he says to him, he tells me all the time that this is the thing that impressed him the most about me is that I said, will you actually give me a chance? Or are you just already like firm in your mind that you're not going to let me do it? And he was like, no, if you work hard enough, you can do it. And I was like, okay. And I, work, I guess I worked hard enough in his eyes, and when that job came open, they gave it to me. But And I kind of graduated with both hands and, and ran with it. But uh, I really hoped it was a possibility that I'd get to do sports because that was always what I wanted to do. In the 30 uh, years or so that I've been doing this, I've seen quite a few female sportscasters come through El Paso. Um, you know, you're not the first. There have been others, and it's important we mention that because I know sometimes people look at sports anchor and sports reporting as a male-dominated field, which it had been for so many years, but we've seen plenty of great female sportscasters come and go in this market and everywhere around the country, and I think that's just a testament to uh, just overall how, um, you know, this is the kind of job that shouldn't matter who you are. If you're good at what you do, that's that's really the only thing that really should ever come into play. I couldn't agree more, 100%. But the sad thing is, is that it still is a male-dominated industry. Obviously, women are getting way more opportunities than what they ever did before in previous years. But for the most part, like men still kind of run it. Uh, I'm really stoked that Channel 7 decided to hire another female and it wasn't because she was female that she got the job it was because she was the best person for the job and her name is Beatrice Martinez and she was over uh, at the Cronkite school too and yes. so kind of cool my professors reached out to me when she applied for the job I'm like hey can you put in a word and the professor in particular asked me to reach out to my boss is one of those ones that like you would only ever get told good job if it was like phenomenal so I was like okay if she's reaching out to me to be like hey can you put in a word I was like she must be pretty good and and she's so lovely she's gonna do such a great job and it's nice now that KVIA is developing a little pipeline with the Cronkite School of Journalism at Arizona State isn't it yeah it's awesome I mean I I love that school I had such a great time there and learned so much and without it like I don't know where I'd be right now and I think there's so many great kids kind of coming out of there that can keep filtering through it's funny like I was obviously, obviously I've been applying for jobs the last however many months and the amount of Cronkite kids that there are just around the country is, is wild. It's one of those schools that has such a great reputation and if you say, oh, I'm a Cronkite kid, they're like, oh, like, okay. It's, it's, just, it's got a really good reputation to it and a great program. Rachel Phillips here with us right now as we continue. So um, when you arrived to now at this point in time and you look at yourself as just a, uh, a television broadcaster and a journalist, how would you say you've been able to grow and develop the most uh, since you first arrived? 
as a person or as a... Let's start first with as a journalist okay. and as a broadcaster. Then we'll get to the part about as a person. I think as a journalist, like in every single capacity possible, I've grown. Um, you come in and it's kind of like, okay, I got taught everything in school, but now I actually have to do it, which is a whole other set of things. And, you know, they can't prepare you for when you're doing a live shot and someone's honking at you or someone walks past and swears at you. That's like, you just got to roll with the punches there. Or, you know, they can't prepare you when you're going live in a canoe and you run into a bush, which I did because I'm not a great canoer. You canoed into a bush? Yeah. In uh, all the Rio Grande. Really? Yeah, they released water. was back when I was in news. One of my favorite stories. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We spent, that... it was me and a photographer for about four hours uh, rafting the Rio. Really? Yeah. Is that um, is that part on your uh, social media handle? Can we find that video? Yeah, of you, I could uh, probably, going... I could pro- it's probably be on YouTube. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll look for that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's a bit, bit of me where I like, I, I didn't, I'm not an expert canoer. I don't know. When was Most the last time El you guys... Most Right, yeah. I mean... I did grow up around water, so maybe I should be better than most El Pasoans, but I, I'm not good at it. And, uh, yeah, the current was kind of taking us, and I, I got out of it somehow while still talking. Anyway, yeah, I think I just, in every capacity, I've grown because they can't prepare you for any of that stuff. And I think the biggest thing that I learned was speed. Like, there's just to be able to do everything as quickly as we have to do it. Like, what you do in a day in this job is probably what I would do maybe in a week at school, maybe two weeks. Just crazy. Rachel, want to ask you, now that we've reflected back when you started, now that you kind of have been here throughout this time and you look at this market for sports media and for journalism, what do we need more of in this city? Is it resources? Is it more attention? Is it more eyes? Is it more sports, sports teams? What, what is it that, in your opinion, could do uh, that we could do as, as kind of a city uh, to improve the sports and entertainment lifestyle here? I might get uh, some hate for this on social media. Well, you're already uh, you're already done with That's Channel Seven. Who right? cares? What does it matter? I mean, exactly. It means nothing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I wish the fans of these teams. I understand why you're so dedicated and and so into your team and, and want to see them win every game. But like, why do we have to be so harsh? Like, I'm sorry, but like, if you think UTEP or NMSU is going to go win a national championship, then like. I mean, I, I, I will give you $1,000 right now, like, if that happens this year. Like, it's just, it's not going to happen. So, like, what's the best that they can do is, like, be happy that they're doing, like, good things. Like, why, if the expectation is always that they're going to go win a national championship, you're always going to be disappointed. And, I mean, that's sports fans everywhere. But, like, my Twitter, whenever, like, UTEP men's basketball loses two games in a row, I'm getting tweets like, fire the coach, fire Golding. And I'm like... Oh my gosh! You should host my inner talk one day. Yeah, you get a I, chance to do that for for an hour and a half. I every just day. like I'm like guys like it's okay to say lost. if UTEP football loses to New Mexico State at home last yeah, year. It's, I, it's okay. To I say purposely yeah. didn't say that one yeah. before you came. It's I was okay. Trying, I, I'm trying to save you yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what happened. You, you remember? I very yeah. very vividly, very vividly. Now here's the thing: I don't think that El Pasoans expect them to to win a national championship. I mean, their goal is just get to the postseason. Let's get to the NCAA tournament. Let's win a tournament game for the first time in 32 years. So baby steps. It's not like I don't think any El Paso ever expects to win a title again. But all they want to see is just a chance to enjoy the middle of March without having this to fill out their brackets and hope they win money at the end of the round. They can actually want to go watch a regional, which to me, that is a fair fair goal, especially with what they've seen at Las Cruces the last seven, eight years with what New Mexico State's done. Sure, but there's only so many teams that get to do that each year. Like, that's the beauty of the sport is, like, if everyone got to do it, it wouldn't be special. So, like, 
I understand you wanting it to happen. I want I want to cover it. Like, come on. Like, I want to be there for it too. But I just think, like, the reaction to, like, losing – to not – for UTEP not having won a game on the road yet. It's like, well, only – I think four teams in conference. There's only been four wins on the road in conference USA total. That's, that's correct. So it's like that's correct. Okay, yeah, sure. I'm like I'm. I can guarantee you, Joe Golding and everyone else in the UTEP men's basketball team, and everyone else at the NMSU men's basketball team, both those teams haven't won a game on the road. NMSU are 0 and nine, and UTEP are 0 and six. Whatever it is, it's like, yeah, I'm sure they really want to win a game on the road too. But it's just like that's the sport. Like that's it's. If you won every game, it wouldn't be as special. Can you sympathize with El Pasoans, though, oh, that, yeah, are, that, sure. are, that are so, I mean, just imagine this, for example. Let's take Adrian. Just, just, he's a great example of this, okay? Adrian was not alive the last time UTEP went and won an NCAA tournament game. In fact, I think he's only been alive for three trips to the NCAA tournament. That's right. Okay, and there'd be plenty who haven't even been alive for one. That's a yeah. good point too. That's exactly what we're talking about. And yet, so that's what I'm saying. It's not like we want to see. You know, obviously, you want to see them dominate, but you know, just it'd be nice if once every five years this team is in the postseason and we're not waiting now. This would be 13, 14 years since their last trip to the NCAA. So I get what you're saying. But I sympathize with the fans in a big way because they have suffered in this town more than they deserve. No, for, oh, I'm not saying they deserve to suffer. No, no way. Like that's not fair. I, I yeah. also like. I would love nothing more to see UTEP or NMSU go to the tournament. Like 100, percent that'd be incredible. I think I said that to both coaches when I said goodbye. Like, yeah. Hopefully, one day I get to see you at a tournament sometime. Um, I think we all want to see that. I'm just saying, like the just the constant hate just because they lost a game on the road. It's like. Okay. Like, maybe maybe people like to be miserable. Maybe. You know? maybe I, see that, uh, I see that on the radio uh, show all the time. I feel point. like when the team wins, eh, we get a couple of calls. That's about it. But when they lose, that's when everybody gets excited. Yeah, maybe people maybe people enjoy being uh, being miserable. Who knows? I'm just sick of people. Well, I, it doesn't matter anymore. I'm just sick of people asking me, can you ask the coach why he's not fired yet? I'm like, no, it's not my job to do that. <laughs> yeah. One of these days we should do that. You know, and after a game, we should ask Joe, hey, Joe, why do you still have a job? I mean, the fans want you fired. Why, why are you still here? Let's see how that goes over and how yeah. he answers, especially on the uh, on the radio uh, flagship. Let's see how that uh, let's see how that happens, Adrian. What do you think? Yeah, I think that would be uh, just awful, right there. Yes. Right? I mean, yes. come on, you know, yeah. uh, it's just not how you handle the business. That's why I think the over overreaction is also what you're alluding to, right, Rachel? Just the constant overreaction from fans. But I love the fans. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I know I'm probably going to get some hate on Twitter for that. Go for it. But um, eh, who cares? Is you, are you deleting your Twitter handle after you leave town anywhere? Or are you going to move it over to your other handle? How's it going? This is Rachel KVI. Does it just disappear after today? You should say the most vile things you can say, get all the hate, and then all of a sudden your Twitter handle just magically disappears tomorrow. I actually have no idea how this works. It's my account. So oh, I it can is. do whatever I want with it. But all right. I don't know if you change, like. Katie, you're younger than me. Maybe you know this. I'm not the Twitter guy. We actually went over this on the last episode of the By the show. way, you deserve props. Yes. You changed everything on your Twitter handle after last appearance last week. You did it all. You've, you've updated your bio, your photos. You've really overhauled everything. 
Yeah, Rachel, I had I had like a high school photo, and then I had on my junior college as my background, and just no bio. There was no UTEP QB in it. Like I, I'm very minimalist on Twitter. Don't use it very often. I'm not your guy to answer answer this one. But I feel I feel like you could change the username. Yeah, that, as, that's, well, that's what I'm hoping you can change your username without losing like all the stuff that goes yeah, with no, it. Yeah, no, just change, no, change the username. That's that's gotta come at some point. But I honestly I I haven't had time to even like do anything. Nothing yet. Nothing right. yet. Well, Nothing listen. yet with anything. Just um, spinning. There you go. We'll relax. Have fun. We'll come back. More with Rachel Phillips. If you've got a question, 505-6009. What will she do next? Does she, well, has she said anything? Have you released it yet? No, she hasn't even said anything. Maybe she'll give us hints. She'll drop clues. We'll find out, folks. So stay with us. Charlie went back for traffic and then more in a moment. 600 ESPN El Paso. 23 past the hour. Back with Rachel Phillips, Cade McConnell. Here on Sports Talk. Rachel's uh, last show over the weekend was Sunday night. Now she is heading home, back to Australia. First time in three-plus years she's had a chance to visit. As bittersweet as it is leaving El Paso, how much are you looking forward to actually getting a chance to go home? Oh, I could cry right now thinking about it. Like, it's more than three and a half years. Like, it's just so long. Even just to, like sleep in my own bed jump in the ocean like feel the waves against me like just like the beaches that i grew up on my dogs family friends like the food guys the food run i'm gonna do when we get when i land at the airport it's gonna be ridiculous gonna be ridiculous my mom's already prepared we're we're gonna have to make like five stops i met your mom by the way and she was great and that's kind of the fun too is your parents came in and and they were visiting during the course of the time you were here i got super lucky like i honestly don't know how i would have done this without having parents like mine and, and siblings like mine too my my dad, I think, came to El Paso three times. My wow. mom, three or four times. Uh, my sister's got to come here once as well. Like, so lucky. I, it would be so much harder. Obviously, like, the first portion of not being home was because of COVID. Um, and then just on the current visa that I'm on, I wasn't able to go home. So it just kind of, like, extended things out. So to have family that as soon as, like, the COVID restrictions lifted, my dad pretty much got on a plane and came over here to spend time with me. Um, and then my mom was a couple months later and perks of divorced parents right you get two trips out of it so nice. <laughs> not not having them together there's this few perks that's one of them i was like cool i can space you guys out and make it feel like it's not too bad but yeah i mean there were some long months where i was super homesick um naturally i think that's anyone i'm sure kate i mean you're far from home too it's yeah. it's hard i mean i i live in long beach california and i live walking distance from the beach and i have not spent three years away from home i've never gone that long but i can tell you that when i go back home and it's summertime and i get to jump back in the ocean it is like a feeling you've never felt. It's it's it that smell of the ocean and the beach and everything. There will never be anything that says home quite as much as that. So I'm so excited that you get to do that for the first time in a long time because it's going to be nice. And it's summertime there too. Yeah, it is. It, <laughs> That's that, true. That always messes with me a little bit. I was talking with Sloan. Uh, former punter yeah. here, he hopped into the transfer portal, but he was saying how on Christmas everybody's at the beach and stuff, and that's just completely opposite of everything that we know here. I know. People are always like, I, it li- I like it to be cold for Christmas. I couldn't imagine any other way. I'm like, being cold for Christmas is like the weirdest thing ever to me. Like, yeah, it was. you'd be at the beach for Christmas, you'd be playing yeah. cricket, you'd be watching the Boxing Day Test Match. Like, oh my gosh. It's so strange. Great message that just came in via text from Justin. I want to read this to you. Please wish Rachel the best for me. She has done a fantastic job, and our community will miss her big time. Was very, very happy to see that she's getting to go home. All the best to her. She will be missed, but always a part of our El Paso family. How about that? It's super lovely. Honestly, like I've 
since I posted that I was leaving, I have just got a ridiculous amount of like comments and messages. It's been overwhelming, <coughs> pardon me, in the best way possible. Um, just so much love and support. Like I knew like I'd had an impact on the community. Like I felt like I had, yes. but then to actually like see all the comments, I was just, I blown away. Like, honestly, like it, like I haven't, I honestly haven't read everything. And I got the plan during that at the airport, which is probably going to be a, maybe a bad time to do. I'll probably just be crying in the airport. Um, but just so sweet. So lovely. Let's go to the phones. I've got uh, Luis, <laughs> uh, who's next and, uh, Luis, uh, calling in with a message for Rachel. Luis, how are you? Hey, my friend, my brother, Shalom. Shalom, uh, Luis. L- let me tell you, dear lady, not only are you, you're fantastic. I've been a teacher for 35 years here in the El Paso uh, community and, and also a criminologist, but I'm going to tell you this. From the Latin, sine qua non, without which it would be possible, you have... A, a, you are so enchanting. You're an adorable lady. I, you're very, as we say in Mexico, muy simpática, muy preciosa mujer, and you're very knowledgeable. I, I wish you, on behalf of the Villanobos family, all the best and all the success in the world for you. May God bless you, really. And uh, it's been a delight to, to have you in this fantastic city of El Paso, Texas, community with uh, uh, Mexico, because we all enjoy you. You're, keep smiling and keep up being what you are. That's all I have to say. Thank you God so much, you, Luis. That's, that's lovely. Good job, Seriously. Luis. Appreciate the call. Very nice. Kind words <laughs> from uh, Luis as we continue here. 28 uh, past the hour uh, on Sports Talk. You want to follow that up? 505-6009, our telephone number. Uh, this comes from uh, our pal Ruben, uh, and you know him very well, Ruben Ramirez. He says, it's never easy saying goodbye to people you work with in this field. To say adios to someone that became like family is hard. I'll say it again. I'm going to miss you on the weekends, but mostly at all the other events, we would bump into each other. God bless. So there you go. I don't think people realize like how much time all our sports journalists and sports photographers spend together. <coughs> you really do become like family, like you're sitting there at a game next to each other constantly. It's, yeah. Let me read another one for you. This is from Ivan. Um, He says, I disagree. You weren't given the sports job, Rachel. You legitimately earned it. I watch local and national news religiously, and you earned the sports job because you were a good news reporter. I remember that Rio Grande story and uh, one of your first border stories and showing you uh, wearing a COVID mask at the time, which was right in the middle of the COVID period of 2020 when you were here and kind of how things got going for you. I'm pretty sure that was actually the first time I met Ivan, too. And, and thank you, Ivan, for saying I, uh, I earned it. I really appreciate that. He also said he met your mom at Target. Uh, <coughs> hearing two Australian accents between the aisle, he tried to convert them to Pepsi. They both almost drop-kicked him. So there you go. Not getting converted. Yeah, you cannot change the Phillips family. We are uh, Diet Coke through and through. But I also remember that Target uh, 
interaction. Yes. Rachel, okay, so now that you're uh, somebody who's now an El Pasoan, right, who's really spent a lot of time here and knows the city through and through, if somebody came here for the first time <laughs> and you had an unlimited budget on everything to do and an unlimited time, so as you're off and it's unlimited budget, what do you do? Take us through the breakfast, the lunch, the dinner spot of your choice and how you would truly treat somebody to the city of El Paso uh, along with other events to do. Man, that is tough. Uh, I think breakfast. I'm not a big breakfast person, but if I do breakfast, yeah, I usually go to Crave. Okay, good spot, good spot. <coughs> I like it. I should probably do that. Um, I'm trying to think what I've done with my family. I'd probably take them to the border wall, which I know might sound a bit weird, but for someone who's not from here, to see that for the first time is kind of crazy. Um, go up to Scenic Drive, of course. you got to see that view. Uh, go to El Paso High School football stadium. Beautiful view. There is nothing like that. Uh, we, I went there with my dad and my sisters. We, we kicked a footy around for a little bit there. Um, probably go check out some bars because I, I don't mind a good drink. Uh, Hoppy Monk, Tin Man, um, two of my favorites, but there's, there's plenty of them. And then I think you got to fit in White Sands. Uh, you got to get up there. And then, uh, of course, you got to go to a sporting event. So whatever's on at the time. I mean, that was the really cool thing about having my family here. Both my mom and my dad got to come to college football games and – sit in the press box, see how it worked, come down to the sidelines. And, like, for an Australian, college football in America is, like, wild. Like, how you guys do it doesn't even compare to how we do it in the pros. It just has absolutely no comparison. My dad, he was a a sports agent when I was a kid, so he's been around it all. And he, we left New Mexico State after the game that he was at, and he was just like, wow, that was something. So I think... Yeah, especially if they're not from here, you're taking them to hopefully a college football game or college basketball game and and get that experience because there's just nothing like that. Having the band, the cheerleaders, the fans going crazy, the announcements over the PA, just everything about it. It's phenomenal. More with Rachel as we continue here on Sports Talk. First, let's go to Adrian standing by this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Adrian, thank you very much. 34 past as we've uh, now gone into the second half of the show today. We've got Cade McConnell here. We've got uh, Alberto Rueta here. We have Rachel Phillips here. We have a, we have a full house uh, here on Sports Talk right now. Excited about that. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Cruz, who's uh, joining us next. Hey, Cruz, how are you? I'm doing okay, bud. Hey, um, when I heard Rachel Phillips was coming on, I, I just had to call. Rachel, we appreciate you. You, you are a complete professional. You, wherever they sent you, we could see you enjoyed your job. You made the people laugh. You made us laugh at home, and we enjoyed watching you on TV. Uh, I'm so sorry to see you leave. Um, you know, when you get home, kiss and hug your dogs. You know, dogs are a gift from God, I, I believe. And, uh, you know, uh, you're one of the few people that I wish I had met. I did not get to meet you. So I had to call in and talk, you know, uh, say a few words. That, and, um, you know, you're one of the few people that, I will follow you the rest of my life. And I'm an old man, and, you know, I will be uh, uh, reading up on what you're doing, you know. And, uh, you know, hey, good luck, and, and thank you for everything. We we appreciate you, and we're sure losing somebody that, that that's very valuable to us. Thank you so much, Cruz. I really appreciate that. And, hey, we may not be meeting face-to-face, but we can we can count this as a meeting over the phone, I reckon. Good job, Cruz. Appreciate the call. Thanks for getting in. By the way, Cruz said that uh, you know you made him laugh. Was that was that a goal of yours when you're on uh, TV to make people laugh? I think that's just my sense of humor. Like oh, is that I, what it my was? my family is super sarcastic. Like always, you can't 
my dad is probably the best storyteller I've ever met. Like, he just will tell a joke, and I will have heard it for the 10th time and still be on the ground, like, cackling. I just love, like, laughter's fun. But, yeah, I never go on TV trying to make someone laugh. I think I just try to be fun and creative. Um, and if it comes off as a, a good joke or a witty joke, then I'm, I'm always pretty happy with that. Sometimes I deliver it. I'm like, yeah, that one didn't really land. But, uh, anyway, moving on, next story. More fun for you. Sportscasting, sports reporting, or... Sidelines for El Paso Locomotive FC. Um, it's tough. Like they all give me something different. Sidelines for me is the dream. You know that. I, I'm gonna have to before I finish answering that question. I got to take a moment just to say thank you to you, Steve, because if it weren't for you, I would have never got that sideline gig at the locomotive. You literally went out of your way and put your neck on a line for someone you barely even knew, and uh, and got me that job. So thank you for that. Um, sidelines is always the dream for me. So to get that opportunity was super special, and I. Yeah, I loved it. There's just something about being next to the team, being on the ground right there, just watching everything as it's going on, watching the reactions off the bench, uh, how things are kind of moving. Then you talk to a coach at halftime. They tell you what they're trying to do next half, and then you see it happen right in front of your eyes, and you get to be the person to tell viewers at home, like, this is what they're trying to do, and then you see it happen. It's really cool. I think it's just super special. And then that one-on-one interview at the end of a game, like, that's so fun. It's, uh, if they lose, it's not as fun, obviously, but – a winning interview in front of an entire packed stadium. Yeah. It's pretty special. Was it special knowing when you started that you had an Australian coach, uh, Coach Hutch? Yeah. So people think I love soccer. I hated soccer before I started doing that job. I, just, I grew up with rugby. Soccer was boring. If you don't score a goal, it's like, what are we doing here, folks? Why, why are we even on the field? What are you practicing for? Uh, but knowing Hutch... Obviously, my first time meeting him was in El Paso, but getting to know him and his family, I'd go over to his house for dinner um, pretty regularly. It was just we were the only few Australians in El Paso. It felt really nice and comfortable to have someone like that, and we would talk shop. I would get all of the intel on just, like, what they were trying to do, their strategies, and, like, learning a game from that perspective and having someone that knowledgeable about it talk to you about it made me love the game, and I think, honestly – just knowing the players, like once you actually know people in the team, it become, makes it so much more like a family. Like you, you care just as much as they do about winning it because it, you know how hard they've worked that week to get to that point. And the fan experience is totally different than what you're used to for baseball, basketball, or football. You cover those sports. Fans are, you know, they, you know what you're getting. Soccer is a whole different animal, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. And I think like the locomotive fan base is just so strong here, which is awesome. Like eighth notch in that back section right behind the goal is awesome. You've got to completely dedicated podcast to the locomotive like those things are just super special to soccer and they're super hardcore fans when we come back we'll read more messages uh that are coming in for rachel if you've got a question or comment 505-6009 plus we're going to give kate a chance to throw some uh, questions out at rachel he's been listening to this the last 30 plus minutes so we'll hear what he has to say so stay with us sports talk continues it's rachel phillips goodbyes here on 600 espn el paso Adrian Broadus, Cade McConnell, Steve Kaplowitz. Here's a couple of messages coming in on uh, Twitter. X, uh, Joe Chacon. It has been a real pleasure watching all of your reports. Living out of town, it's been nice to watch someone who cares for El Paso as much as you have. You will be missed for sure. Hashtag here we go. Hashtag my favorite Aussie. This from Eddie Morelos at DeMayor LC. Much love to Rachel. I wish you uh, would have taught me some Australian while here. But seriously, 
Great job. I'm not going to do the great as much as you want me to. Great. There it is. On the sidelines for the Tony the Tiger Sumball radio broadcast and always fun messing with you. Do you know anything about the sport of rifle? That comes from Eddie. I'm not sure what that is. Maybe that's an inside joke. Um, also, and, and yes, we do have a minor rifle team here. That is true. Um, and then we've got more coming up. But first, I have to give... Cade the opportunity to go one-on-one with Rachel here. You've been sitting in on this whole conversation. You've chimed in from time to time, but go ahead. I'm sure you've got some some questions uh, for uh, Miss Phillips. Yeah. This is your chance. You yeah. get me back for all the questions I asked you after practice. Get you back. It's it's a, it's an honor. It's a, it's a thank you. Uh, but first of all, I mean, it's it's so cool to see everyone writing in and saying thank you and appreciating all the stuff you did because that's not just a testament to what you did on air or in front of a camera, but just the personality that you brought with it. And that's that's why people are coming in and saying the things that they say because you did it the right way. You did it with kindness in your heart, and, and that's what people appreciate. So thank you, first of all, for that. Um, but my question to you, I have a couple of questions. I, I want to know a couple of fun things. I, I want to know uh, maybe some favorite UTEP football experiences that you've had in the last three years. We'll start with that one. Okay. Uh, well, we were kind of off air just talking about one of them, and it involves you. Uh, that first quarter of the FIU game, I wasn't there. I didn't even get to watch it. I was at an NMSU football game, but my phone was blowing up. Everyone was like, Cade McConnell. Oh, my God. What you did in that first quarter was just insane. I know, like, everything was on the line that game. You kind of had to, it felt like you guys had to win that game, and you went out there and you just smashed it. That was really cool, and I think it was really exciting for the entire El Paso community to see that. So that would be number one. Um, another one in there, I got to travel with the team uh, last year. I interviewed you uh, on the plane. don't know if you remember this. Oh, you did. Yes. You were walking through the aisles, uh-huh. and it was when Russell Wilson yes. was doing all of his antics and stuff, and you and, asked. Uh, yes. They all said that uh, Calvin Brownholtz was the Russell Wilson of the UTEP football team. That was when he was doing stretches on the entire plane ride to London, and you you commented on that and uh, kind of threw him under the bus. You said That's he right. definitely was. We needed more of that. We should have done more of that. That was really fun. It was honestly fun. Like, I, shout out to Coach Dimmel for letting me just give me all access on that plane because that was, that was really cool. We don't get to do that very often. I got to fly with the team, walk up and down the aisle, annoy you guys while you're all sleeping, um, and get some really great content, and then... I mean, that game was kind of a heartbreaking end, uh, so we won't mention that. But I think just being there and getting to travel with the team for that was, was really fun. Yeah, that's, that's the stuff that I like, too, as a player is because, you know, I mean, everyone gets to see what's on TV or they get to hear an interview. But sometimes the things that are a little bit more personal and behind the scenes are, are, are fun to see, too. Um, the other question I had for you was, do you, did you have a favorite sport at UTEP to cover or any specific thing or sports team to go uncover where you're like, gosh, every time I do this, like, I, I love it. This is fun. I think UTEP volleyball would probably have to be pretty high up there, especially like what they did this season was just so cool. Coach Wallace is a legend of a guy. I mean, honestly, all the coaches we get to hang out with are, are so great. They're so good to us and give us so much of their time and are so willing to chat to us. But he, he's so fun and he's so great. And you can tell how much he cares about that team and how much his team cares about him. And watching Memorial Gym get packed, was it three or four times in a row? Three? Yes, it was three, actually. Three. Yeah. Completely sold out. It yeah. was so loud in there. That was just so special. Like I think that's one of my favorite memories, honestly, of my entire time here was seeing the community rally together for a moment like that. Because as we 
talked about kind of earlier, there haven't been a lot of those moments here in UTEP. So to see that and those girls are just so fun and so nice. Like I'm a couple years older than them. So it's kind of like, I mean, same with you. Like I'm really only like a couple years older than you. So it's just a funny like relationship. But I'm like, at the end of the day, like we're just girls. Like we'll talk about like whatever girls talk about. It's funny. Right. You hit me with the, you're younger than me. You should know more about Twitter earlier. And I was like, dang, am I that much younger than her? I don't know. I don't know. But not much. They'd be like two years. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I, I agree. The, the volleyball game that I was at, I was at a couple of those. And I remember coach Walden coming out and hyping up the crowd during those and sporting events are so fun and obviously I'm biased because I'm a UTEP athlete but like those are the one of the few times that I've been at UTEP where it's been packed out and every single person there is so vested in the interests of the team and the atmosphere was there too um my last question to you Rachel is when you go on air and, you, and you've been here, you said for three years, you know, you, like I said, you had an outpouring of people thanking you for not only being a sportscaster, but being a great personality with that. How have you balanced being yourself on air and also trying to do a good job and get you to where you want to be in your career? I don't think I could be anything but myself on air. Like I'm so goofy and strange and I don't think I can hide that at all. Like I think it just naturally comes across whether I like it or not sometimes. Sometimes I say something, I'm like, why did I say that? That was just such a weird thing to say. Um, I think I think your personality is what makes you a good sportscaster or good anything, honestly. Like, I mean, Steve, God, if Steve didn't have personality, he was on a talk show, it'd be a very boring show, wouldn't it? I would have had a very short career in this business. <laughs> yeah. Would not have lasted very long. I yeah. think I think that's part of it. I think that's what helps you connect with the community and, and connect with um, the fans of the teams because it's like, hey, I'm feeling these things with you. Like, let's let's have fun or let's be sad about it or whatever it is because it's all happening. We're all talking about it all the time. Let's learn a few more things about Rachel Ooh. before she wraps up. Uh, favorite adult beverage when you're oh. not working? Uh, a cider. A cider. Oh, sorry. Should I say cider? Whenever I order that at a bar, I have yes. to always repeat it and go cider. Cider. Yeah. Not cider. If you say cider, they they won't. Cider. Know what you're like, huh? About. I'm like cider. Huh? Cider. Oh, a cider? Okay, yeah, sure. Did you develop a taste for tequila while you were here? Uh, Hang on, Adrian's pumping his fist. No, no, just next question. Oh, okay. I did, but not to my liking, if that makes sense. Like, I I can't turn down a free shot, and people always buy tequila shots, so I end up just doing a ton of tequila shots. But have you ever had good tequila? I have. And and I'm not talking stuff you shoot. I'm talking about stuff you sip and enjoy. No. Okay. Not in that kind of budget, Steve. Because if you had that, you might look at tequila a lot differently than you do right now. Probably. I The thing that gets me with tequila is I, I just had one really bad night back when I was like very young. Let's go with that. Uh, <laughs> I had one of those too, but not with tequila. With rumplements. But go ahead. Oh, yes. and it was, long story short, there's this thing called schoolies in Australia. You graduate high school, you all go get drunk with your friends for a week and it's underage and everyone knows about it. It's kind of a weird – I don't know how we get away with it. Anyway – there's this one night called Tequila Tuesday, and I'll never forget Tequila Tuesday. It makes it very hard to do tequila shots now, but I, uh, I do them anyway. Okay. Speaking of tequila, would you advise anybody to go to Juarez, and have you ever been? Oh, Adrian, what a question that one is. I feel like you know the answer to that. Uh, I love Juarez. I go all the time. I was there on Friday. I felt like I had to go and say farewell to uh, that city, too. I love it. Uh, it. If you want to party, it is a great place to party. Okay. That's good. And the people are great there, too, always. Uh, f- what's, uh, what food are you going to miss the most about El Paso? I think the Mexican food. I think Specifically? What kind of Mexican food? What do you like? Uh, I, I love just getting the combo plate at any of the good restaurants because mm. you kind of get a bit of everything. There and, you go. But the enchiladas, I think, are probably my favorite. Red or green? Green. Okay. But chicken I, I can, or, I can chicken or cheese? Chicken. Got it. But I, I, honestly, I can change every time. I, I went to um, 
Ellen J's yesterday got uh, chicken green enchiladas. I would love to know how the food in El Paso compares to the food in Australia. Ridiculously different. <laughs> like, so, I mean, we were talking about all the food I want to get home. None of it has anything to do with El Paso food. I mean, I think because your guys, the best food you guys have here is, is Mexican food. Would you all agree with that? Yes. Mexican and probably barbecue. Yes. Yeah, your barbecue is yes. good too. Yeah. So we have our Mexican food is, I don't even know how you would compare it to the El Paso Mexican food. That You can't. No. Uh, and then the barbecue doesn't exist there. So, I mean, our barbecue is like chuck a couple sausages on the on the barbie or I'm not I can't even say shrimp on the barbie I just did it but <laughs> we don't do that it's a it's a common misconception also we call them prawns but anyway they're pretty different uh we don't we're not going to find any outback steakhouses in Australia are we no I actually never went to one last year well you're not alone um final question and that is we asked you this earlier how have you grown as a person since you first arrived oh yeah we got off topic on that um uh tremendously this is my first job out of school, my first time living alone. Uh, I think you school's so structured, right? You're like, I just got to pass a class. I got to do this. You get into this job and it's like not only do you have to do your job well, but you have to like impress viewers. Like it's like a double-edged thing that you got to be able to do. And uh, I was like the first couple months I was like, am I doing this right? Like what am I – like I just didn't know what I was meant to be doing. And so I think like finding my find, – just being comfortable and – not needing someone to say, hey, good job every day was, like, a big thing I had to learn. Um, I think that really helped me grow as a person. And I think just, like, <laughs> being in being in a community where I knew pretty much nobody, uh, I yeah, have grown astronomically. I would call myself an introvert, and everyone's always like, you're not an introvert. I'm like, no, I, I think I'm an introvert. Uh, and this city being here has forced me to be much more extroverted and be comfortable with being that. This hour, like a lot, uh, has probably given you a little bit of an idea about how much people in this town really enjoyed your work over the last three years and how much they're going to miss you. Will you give us any clue as you leave as to where the next chapter in your life will be? So it'll be in the States. Um, So I'm going home for like three and a half weeks and then uh, coming back. Part of the reason I'm going home is to get a new visa because my current one expires uh, with this job. So I got to go home and get that. Um... I guess the best hint I can give is Easter here, which, I mean, okay. everything's Easter here. So. Is it a pro city? <laughs> it is a pro city, yeah. It's got a pro team. Very nice. Yeah, really All excited right. about that. It's a really cool opportunity for me. We will follow you on social and look forward to the next chapter. And uh, don't be a stranger. We hope you get a chance to come back and visit, and uh, we look forward to seeing you again real soon. I would love it. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. She's Rachel Phillips, folks, and joins us here on Sports Talk. we got one hour to go. Coming back with it next, 600 ESPN El Paso. So great to have uh, Rachel Phillips with us one last time. And, uh, man, excited to see where she will land next. Really am, and appreciate all the input, uh, phone calls, Twitter, X, everything else. And uh, thought it was nice that uh, Rachel signed our board, which is so fitting. And uh, it's a tradition here on 600 ESPN El Paso. you gotta got to sign the board on the way out uh, for someone like this. And uh, really uh, looking forward to seeing where, where Rachel lands next in her professional career. Yeah, I'm not just saying this, Steve, because she's walking out of the building right now. But uh, that's probably the most love we've gotten. We do this all the time. We do the introductory, uh, you know, uh, I guess, interview with some of these TV personalities. Yep. And then we always do the outro when they're exiting the and stuff like that. Right. We never get this much love. And Rachel got a lot of love today. She did. She really did. Great outpouring. And, uh, Kate, good job in the last segment throwing those uh, – 
hard questions at her, uh, fastballs. You, you did. And, I mean, she handled it all like a pro, but you could tell why she is such a likable person just by the hour we had her here today. Yeah, of course. I mean, that stuff is not hard to see. I mean, it's it's really a presence and an aura about somebody when they sit down next to you. I mean, it's not hard to ask her questions. It's not hard to talk off air about, you know, broadcasting or news anchoring or anything else just because that's the type of person she is. You know what I mean? And, and, I, and I got that same exact feeling when we were on the field when, you know, you'd have to field questions after a loss at practice and stuff like that. You know, there was, there was a comfortingness about it, um, and I really appreciate that. Now, Rachel said something interesting, and she talked about how, you know, fans sometimes have unreasonable expectations, which um, at times I t- totally agree with. I do. I feel like uh, there are some fans that uh, believe it's championship or bust every year, and anything short of that is a disappointment. Around here, it's not necessarily championship. It would just be a chance to go to the postseason or go to a bowl game, win a bowl game, and, and win a, you know, a, a tournament game is probably the goals. And we just haven't seen a lot of that here. And, you know, if El Paso had never achieved success in the past, I don't think it would be that big a deal because they never would have had it. But, you know, because this city um, grew up, if, if you're old enough to know what it was like in the 80s when the basketball team was going to the tournament every year and sending players like Tim Hardaway and Antonio Davis to the NBA and Greg Foster and seeing how they turned into, uh, you know, uh, for Hardaway, a Hall of Famer. It's pretty impressive. And seeing what it's like now for basketball, I can understand why El Pasoans feel the way they do. As far as football goes, the football team has not been, like, nationally relevant since Mike Price first arrived 20 years ago. And when he came, back-to-back eight-win seasons, back-to-back bowl seasons, top 25, ESPN came in to do a feature story on UTEP and on him, and he made UTEP relevant, albeit only for two years. But for those two years, UTEP was very much in the conversation, and they everybody knew about them because of Mike Price. So those are a couple of examples of where these programs have been, and that's why I think for fans, they just want to see these programs take the next step and no longer be mediocre or average. They want to see it now become a team that can go win a championship, go to the postseason. And and I don't really think fans should be blamed for that. I feel like that's probably everybody's expectation when the season starts. Yeah, I think that should be everybody's expectation when the season starts. And, you know, to a certain degree, I, I understand all of that. I mean, we set our goals on the wall and we have our goals written up on the board when we enter the building. And it's nothing short of winning a conference championship. We're not coming to do anything other than that. And I can understand UTEP fans' frustration when we may not get there. But we talked about this before. I remember asking you the same exact question before the season started this previous year. And it was, you know, like, what is a successful season to the fans, uh, UTEP fans? You know, yeah. what, is, what does that look like? Is it a conference championship? Is it a bowl game? Is it a winning record? Is it, you know, having a decent record and, and beating NMSU? I, you know, we, I asked that question, and I kind of took my player hat off for a second, and I was like, you know, what, what, what is going to satisfy the UTEP fan base? So my attitude is, here's what would satisfy the UTEP fan base. Playing in a postseason bowl game, with an above 500 record, and winning the bowl game. I feel like that would be enough to satisfy the fan base. Because you got to remember, team hasn't won a bowl game since 1967. I wasn't born yet. Forget you or Adrian or anybody else. I wasn't even born yet. And I feel like I've been around a long time now, over half a century. So, yes, uh, that's just how long it's been. You know, now that's for, for football, I think that's the goal. 
For basketball, the goal is simple. Get back to the NCAA tournament. Since 1992, when they upset uh, Kansas and went to the Sweet 16 and lost to uh, Cincinnati in the Sweet 16, this team has only been to the NCAA tournament three times. They went in 04, 05, and 2010. And they went back-to-back years, one year with Billy Gillespie, one year with Doc Sadler, one year with Tony Barbie. And since 2010, this team has not been to the NCAA tournament. You can imagine why fans, especially basketball fans, are frustrated because many of them have seen this team win. They Forget 2010 or 2004, 2005. From 1984 to 1992, they were in the NCAA tournament every year. They were winning the whack every year. They were, you know, they were, and they were winning tournament games. So they were one of the best mid-majors in the country. The problem is it's been 30-plus years. So let's fast forward and talk about this basketball season for a second, okay? Because now that you're um, you know, able to see this as a student-athlete, I think it's important that you bring good background and perspective to this particular situation, Cade. Okay. Uh, winless on the road. Two losses at home. Why... Is it, and you can speak from experience, that teams have such difficulty translating their performance at home to the road? Here's what I'll say about this, and I'm, and I'm going to use it in football terms first because that's the best insight that I can give to people listening because that's the sport I play. That's what I've lived for you know, however many years I've played and gone on the road in high school, gone on the road in junior college, and now at the Division One level. And it, it, it is different. It is 100% different playing on the road, and, and it makes a difference. When we go on the road, there is a lot of times you show up, you're not, you know, you're not in a place you've ever been before, and then you get to the stadium, and you're there hours before, and you finally find out where your locker room is, and you find out that the locker room that they just put you in has about enough space for 30 guys, and there's you know, 60 there and now you're getting ready and you're changing in a shoebox amount of space there's stuff everywhere and 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 gear and everything else and everyone listening right now it's like okay that what does it have to do with the game <laughs> it may all that little stuff makes a difference because it's not part of your routine it's not how you get ready into the game and then not to mention the fact that when you finally go out there on the field and the and the game's being played i mean it, everyone knows that momentum is something that's very real in in every sport well, when you score a touchdown, you don't get a cheer. You get nothing. You know, I mean, you get silence. When you when you go in and you you score a basket, you make a lip. Yeah, you get to give the the silencer to the crowd and stuff like that. But it's just it's a completely different environment, and it is adverse. It, it, you are battling that adversity of being on the road. I will say this though, it's different for every guy. I like playing on the road. I really do. I I actually enjoy being on the road, um, maybe just as much as I like playing at home, depending on certain places that we're at. Just because I feel like sometimes you walk into a new environment and then you get to close all that out and just focus on what's on the field. And you're not worried about you know you know some people are sitting in the stands like right there. You know that's that's where they sit or this is what happens at home and and the routine of those kind of things go away. So sometimes that noise can be canceled out, but. You know, it really comes down to momentum, Steve. That's that's how it goes. When you are on the road and you got people against you, I mean, you feel that on the field as a player. There's thousands of people in the stands that want you to do poorly. You're getting chirped at from the stands. You know, I I remember my first road game going to Oklahoma of uh, the 2022 season. I mean, I, I heard some stuff from those fans that I've never heard in my life, kind of thing. And if you don't think that that affects some players that maybe you know were out on the field that day or things they heard, I mean. 
you got to be wrong. So basketball-wise, we don't have 65 players. We have 13 to 15. So chances are, from the locker room standpoint, it's a little different because they have more room and they're able to, to kind of go about their routine uh, in that regard, preparing the same as they would if they were at home. But you brought up an interesting point. Fans are going to be more hostile. They're on a floor that they've never played on before. And uh, their settings and the surroundings are different. But again... We are talking about what should be the best of the best student-athletes from a college standpoint. And that's the idea. And the idea is, rather than somebody that's just you, you know, me or Adrian or somebody else, you are, you are here for a reason. Because you are among the best in the country at what you do. And the same thing can go for basketball. These are supposed to be the best basketball players that UTEP was able to bring to El Paso. And you think that at that point... They would have the ability to duplicate what they do at home on the road, but it's not the case. And this year in Conference USA, nobody's been able to do it, Cade. This league has only four road wins since conference play started. And we've said it. It's a weaker Conference USA this year, top to bottom. There's no Florida Atlantic. They're gone. Adrian, we also talked uh, yesterday about um, who else was a, a, well, a I mean, North Texas yeah, was several, also pretty like good. No UAB, yeah. no Charlotte. UAB, right. UAB went last year and won the what CBI, yeah, and then the yeah. Charlotte won a different postseason tournament, the CIT or whatever. It wasn't North Texas in the won finals. The NIT. Yeah. So yeah, the yeah. CUSA actually swept a lot right. of uh, postseason success, la- or had a lot of postseason success last year. So it feels like it's the the window of opportunities here right now for somebody to take advantage of a weak conference. And the hard part is this. Fans don't care about everybody else. Right. They don't. I mean, if you tell them, well, nobody in Conference USA is winning. Well, they don't care about everyone. They care about one and one school only, and that's UTEP. That's all they care about. And that's the way they should care about it. Nobody wants to know about how CUSA is trending as a league. They just want to know why UTEP can't win. Because if the league is down, and it is, and there's more parity because there's no great team this year. This with a team is supposed to be with the veteran group. And much like UTEP last season, veteran group. This was the year that Dana Dimmel was building towards that 7-8-9 win season, the breakthrough year, and he gets a new contract and everybody is happy. And the exact opposite took place. It was a three-win season. Now, you can't forecast injuries other bad breaks. You never know how those things are going to come into play, which I totally understand. But football and basketball do have some similarities in the sense that they're both veteran teams. They both have people that have been in this program the last couple of years, and both have not really lived up to the expectations that the fans uh, and, and the media set for them. So again, question is, can you know how difficult is it for a student-athlete to, in midseason, figure out a way to get over that hump, turn things around, start winning on the road, and put themselves in a position to actually try to play for a postseason. It's difficult. And, I, and I'll mention this, too. Like, you know, the, the media and people on the outside look and say, we are not doing well on the road. When you're in the building and, and the guys on the basketball team, they're not saying, we don't do well on the road. We need to change, you know, our, our way of doing things on the road. Like that's, if you're doing things that you believe in in a sports program, you do them all the same way because you believe it's the right way. You know what I mean? If, and if you are changing them, then I guess you didn't believe in them very much because if you know the, the way that you do things and what a coach has had success with, you do it on the road, you do it at home, you do it 
on weekends, you do it on weekdays and on holidays. You do it every single time because that's what you believe in. Mm-hmm. So the team isn't necessarily thinking about that. But to answer your question, it's hard and difficult. And you got to find, you know, something within yourself as an athlete in order to be able to come out and be like, I don't care where we're playing right now. You know, we're going to go out there, we're going to ball and we're going to go get a win. Um, and the other thing I'll say too, about what I said earlier with, you know, all the other factors that come with on the road, despite all of that, it's not an excuse, Steve. I mean, you go out there and you're, you're, you're right. We are the best of the best. And that is why we're at playing at this level uh, of, of college sports. And to go on the road, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we had 10, ho- 10 yeah. away games next season or 10 home games next season. You know, it, we expect to go out and win all of those games um, and, and, and not worry about, you know, where exactly we're at. And you're kind of the exception because you played better on the road than you did at home for a good part of this season. For yeah, for for a decent amount of those, and yeah. you know, you could say that those were matchup driven. You can say, you know, you can throw any reason or, or excuse or whatever it is at the thing. But you know, like I said, I I love playing at home. Like playing in the Sun Bowl is unmatched. Right. But I also I really enjoyed going to Sam Houston and FIU and other places that we went on the road. I think that's cool too. Um, so like I said, it should never be an excuse for a sports team or a player. Or anybody else ah you know we're going on the road you know da, 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 whatever that that's not exactly what the sentiment should be it should be you know no matter where we're playing right now let's go out and handle business you want to weigh in on it 505-6009 that's 505-6009-600 espn el paso on twitter and x and uh, social media gets you into the show as well we got 40 minutes to go let's go to charlie one for traffic we'll come back more with Cade. more sports talk right here 600 espn el paso Back here on Sports Talk 24 past the hour. Don't forget, starting next uh, Tuesday, we will be broadcasting live six hours every day from Radio Row in Las Vegas, the site of Super Bowl 58 in the Mandalay Bay Hotel. We'll have Sports Talk for you 4 to 7, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday next week. And then laying down the law with the Foss, Steve Foster and Chris Fernandez, they will precede us from 12 to 3. And... Uh, We are busy booking guests. We are busy lining up sponsors. In fact, Adrian, you had that great announcement earlier. Brand new sponsor to add to the program. That's right. Shout out again to Hills Automotive. Uh, Special thanks to Orly for shouting out Dave Hill, who is a great bowler. That's exactly right. Good golfer as well. Uh, Carlos Reyes doing a great job out there. Hills Automotive Center. Going to bring us our interviews throughout the week of Super Bowl Radio Row. I love it. And also we'll have our uh, Paulo Verde Holmes uh, broadcast as well. We'll have our uh, broadcast uh, center uh, from uh, Palo Verde and uh, Edgar and the gang. Uh, always big uh, supporters of the show. Love that. And a lot of supporting sponsors. Very important we mention that as well. Pelicans uh, Steak and Seafood here on the west side of town. They are coming on board. I love And a running back. So again, those two go all the way back to the uh, 80s when they played together out at Eastwood. And great to have Pelicans on board. We also have 915 Tours coming back on board. David Garmin and company. That is great news in itself. Oscar Adietta Agency. They are going to be a sponsor of our broadcasts uh, live uh, from Radio Row. As is Roll and Smoke Barbecue. Jesus and company out at Anthony Exit Zero. The first and last barbecue you need to try when you are in Texas. And that is, uh, again, the folks at Roland Smoke Barbecue. So more sponsors coming in every day. Excited about that. Excited about being back. Excited for next Monday. Next Monday's show. Cade, Lane Frank, Utebze, the three amigos will reunite 
coming up on the show next Monday. Have you guys been? Uh, have we had some uh, good uh, planning sessions yet, or are we are we still too early? I know Lane wants to try to get uh, probably um, Andy Reid to call into the show. Might be a little difficult since the press conference is Monday for the Super Bowl. But when we go visit, we will make sure we tell Coach Reed that Lane Frank says hello. How cool would that be, though, if somehow he could call into the show? I mean, that would be pretty cool. I, I hope he and I hope you guys end up getting to see him and talk to him, and you can tell him we said hello. I hope he calls in. Forget that. I want I want him to call into the show on Monday. That right? would be a lot cooler. Let's put it this way, okay? This is the honest-to-God truth. So when they went to the AFC title game, Lane texted him a congratulations, and Andy Reid fired back, how's your podcast going? That's so cool. That is and with, so with cool. receipts, with receipts, Cade. We've we see we've seen the receipts. This oh, is yes. that's crazy. I mean, the fact that it, that's really cool of Andy Reid, by the way, too. The fact that it wasn't just oh, it's going good. It was just 100%. right back to you know. Well, how how are you doing? You know, that's hope, right. Hope this is going well. That's it's cool. a it's amazing. But again, I'm not surprised. Not surprised at all. That's. What it's that's really what it's all about, right? That's yeah. exactly what it's all about. We're gonna we're gonna have some work cut out for us though, as far as guests to come on Monday's show. I mean, last last time Lane and I were on, it was the athletic director Jim Center, uh, the Sunbold director Bernie Olivas, mm-hmm. and and it was Coach New, a very 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 fresh new uh, Utah football coach Scotty Walden. So that's that's hard to top right there. It is hard to top, but you guys can do it. I know that. And by the way, there is the uh, that is the text exchange between Lane and uh, Andy Reid following the uh, victory over Buffalo to get into the AFC Championship game. I'm telling you, they're they're text buddies. It's so great. Cool. That is so cool. Fantastic. So I'm telling you, if anybody can get. Andy Reid to call in during your show on Monday before he has his regular press conference. It, it's probably going to be Lane, so we'll we'll see if he can pull that off. That's awesome. That's awesome. If anyone out there wants to hear some some players come on the show um, or anything like that, or what they want to hear about when Lane and I get on there and we got the reins for three hours, let us know. Uh, tweet into the show, and we'll get back to you. All right. This uh, let's read some more comments that came in on uh, social. This one uh, from Pick My Axe nine one five. Just wonder when that first road win will happen. If Golding is the head coach next season, he better play way more tough games on the road. No D2, D3, or NAIA opponents, because at this point, UTEP is embarrassing on the road. Now, um, it's interesting when you say embarrassing on the road, because they lost by four to Sam Houston, and they they had a chance to win. They were down one with three minutes left, and they, they ended up losing. It wasn't like they were blown out. They lost by four. Uh, against La Tech, they were right in it until the final minutes, and then La Tech put it uh, put it out of their reach and, and ended up winning the game, going away by, I think, 10-plus. So the question is this. When you haven't won a road game, people will say it, it is embarrassing. I mean, you know, you should win a road game. UTEP has never lost to Sam Houston State in basketball until Saturday, and they lost for the first time. And I guess that's another reason why. See, the thing is this. As I said earlier, a lot of minor fans – were around in the 80s and 90s. They did experience when UTEP was one of the better mid-majors in all of college basketball. And to see how far the program has fallen and can't get up at the point that we're really where they should be, that's what's so difficult for fans in, in this town to have to deal with. Football is one thing. Football hasn't really had that in a long time. Basketball, different story. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, like I said, it's tough, but the truth is, Steve, is I resonate with the fans. I understand that, you know, and I, and I will say, too, that I, I expect every fan, just as I will be a fan of UTEP for my entire life, you know, to stick by a team, any sport, you know, that that is UTEP because you are a UTEP fan. You know, that's how it goes. But, but I understand, right? I've had, I have professional sports teams that I'm a fan of that haven't been good in a really long time yep. or ever, and I, I, I get both sides of it. I, I really do feel for them. Um, and so it's, it's, you got to weather the storm a little bit, you know. You, sometimes you don't have a whole lot of control over it, but what you do have control over is the support for the team. So you got, you got to go all out every year. Pro is even worse than college because pro, you're paying for talent. 100%. So, I mean, college, you're recruiting and all that, but in the professional sports world, hey, you're going out and you're trying to, to basically bring in, and bring in the best possible talent you can for the money. Well, I mean, you could maybe argue that now. In, in College has kind of become the same thing now, yeah, right? Yeah, you with could NIL? argue that now. Yeah, yeah, with NIL, you could argue that, and you could argue that the fans actually have implication in that because you could be a fan that you know has a, a large business now or a small business that can help out players and bring certain yeah. players here. And Can't and, do that in pro sports. No. But in college sports, you can directly impact uh, potentially the quality of talent that the school gets. You truly can. Like donating to an NIL collective, which I know the football team is potentially in works of starting. Yeah. Um, and trying to get that rolling for the players and, and things like that. Like that is something that fans and people around the community can directly have an impact to. Guys, I have I have a lot of NIL questions because over the weekend we got through a, a huge rabbit hole with our listeners on Minor Talk for NIL. We had this one caller who had a real interesting take, Cade, and I'm sure you wanna you you're gonna be like uh Joel and Bede and wanna, you know, block this one out of the way. His thoughts were around NIL is you pay an athlete contingent on how he either A, performs, and B, if he actually fulfills his full commitment. So, Like an know, incentive-laden deal. Yeah, an incentive-laden deal. So let's say, hey, Cade McConnell, we're going to give you $20,000, but you have to finish out the entire season with UTEP football as the starting quarterback and do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I to be honest, Adrian, with you, like I don't really have a whole lot of an issue with that. And the reason I don't is because I don't necessarily see the negative. It maybe it might be harder for for athletes, you know, as opposed to just getting gifted the money, you know, in NIL and saying, Well, we really wanted you here, here's the money and you know, if you turn out, you turn out. If you don't, you don't. You know, obviously it's a little bit harder path having to perform for it. But the issue that I don't the, the the reason I don't have an issue with it is because like I mean the athlete's still potentially benefiting from it. My counter to that would be like now we're just talking about like privatizing stuff like where where like they've talked like there's been talks around the league. I know Chip Kelly talked about it a little bit and stuff like that. Where like you know you can literally privatize college football where college football is like almost separate from the NCAA and the rest of the sports mm-hmm. and like instead of committing on a scholarship like you literally commit on contract or something like that where that now we're just moving so far away from the college football we've ever known but like we're in the gray area right now where we're gifting players NIL and then NIL comes in and then they have you know um you know in the big schools a new car and you know hundreds of thousands of dollars and then they transfer the next year and then donors like wow i just put a hundred you know hundreds of thousands of dollars in and now they're gone and okay i don't i don't know what that was for and that's where the you know you're talking about the contingency of playing and stuff like that where there actually has to be some type of responsibility on the player so i mean it's it's really interesting i think that there are some benefits and some good things out of it but like we're literally moving closer to where you're talking about 
organizations and colleges having the rights to players is what we're moving towards. But look at Tyron Smith, for example. He leaves, goes into the portal a year ago, goes to Texas A&M. Gets paid, at least we assume he got paid. And after spring ball decides, well, this maybe not is not the place for me. So he comes back to UTEP for a third time. Was there a second or third time? Second. Second time. Second time. Right. Second time. Gets paid NIL dollars as part of his package to come here. Um, gets hurt. Doesn't play. Probably got the NIL. Had va- basically a non-season. Goes back in the portal and... And now he's at, what, Cincinnati? Cincinnati. So here he is. He gets X number of dollars from A&M and UTEP, does nothing, back in the portal, goes to Cincinnati. It almost seems unfair. Like, when a guy is getting money and he doesn't perform, he's still getting paid. So I, I, I like the incentive idea a little bit more because what it's doing is if players get paid and they don't do anything – do they still do they still care because they know hey i'm making money when it's all said and done i'm i'm pocketing five figures and doing whatever i'm doing and i can always go in the portal and go someplace else and make more money someplace else which seems like that is the worst possible thing that could have happened to college sports and here it is and it's happening yeah i like i said i i agree with so much of that and it's true like there's the that part of nil and the transfer portal and everything else there's not a lot of responsibility on the player and that's why like that there that's why there's a state of college football right now of volatility of like players are using coaches to try to you know get money of nil to bounce schools for name or what can i post on my instagram that looks you know that that, that bouncing and then yeah. it's just the other way around coaches are using players in order to do the same exact thing in different ways that probably just aren't as publicized in the media but here's what i will say about it is like like i totally agree with uh, speaking about tyron smith like if we had somebody else on the team like somebody else on the team this year could have potentially been rewarded with that nil or something like that that contributed far more absolutely but then you go back and you say i mean was it his fault that he got hurt no maybe not but as as a player who was on the team with him well, he chose to go away from UTEP like three separate times. Exactly, that's, that's what I'm saying. So, as a teammate, you're like, well, he's getting rewarded, and I don't even know if I don't even know if he's been committed to us, the you know, emotionally or physically the entire time. And then there's bouncing back and forth. Whereas there's, uh, I can name multiple guys out on the field last year that performed, did well, and could have been rewarded for what they did. And then maybe they stay at UTEP as opposed to transferring away. That's a good point. I think about somebody like Torrance Burgess, who was a dynamic player last year, running back number five for those who are are listening. But he every time he touched the ball, it was like, wow who is that kind of thing he's he's got some explosive he's letting our offense go kind of thing like maybe he stays instead of going to the transfer portal i don't know you know a lot of guys left because when coach dimmel left they wanted to be somewhere where they knew they were going to be wanted i could never fault somebody for that but he he could have been rewarded for that you know i mean there were certain guys that did things and like i said i don't think holding players accountable is a bad thing Adrian, your take before we go Man, to Friday. I'm just shocked. Like this was the complete opposite conversation we had on Minor Talk. We were we were more protective toward the student athlete and these deals. But this is you you guys talking about it. And what we talked about on Minor Talk sounds like completely different shows and completely different takes. Let me say this though, okay? UTEP doesn't have a ton of money to give out to NIL right, You're right. now. And the last thing they need is to put money into a collective that gets wasted. They can't afford that. This is not Texas. This is not Texas A&M. This is not uh, Alabama. This is UTEP. And when they have 
the small amount of NIL dollars they do get and they do raise, you need to make sure that that gets invested into student-athletes that are going to produce. That is That absolutely here is different than a lot of other places around the country. And every NIL donor is completely different, too. Like Sometimes there's the, there's the donors that are like, I want to put money into the program so that I can see wins. And I understand that ultimately that's a lot of people's goal. I mean, it's everyone's goal to win games. But there's also NIL donors that back the people and the players on the team because of what they do on and off the field. Like there's somebody that can go out there and be like, listen, I'm giving you this NIL deal and it doesn't have to just be cash. Like it can be, you know, uh, utilities or, or benefits around the city or things like that where they're like, listen, like you're, you're a player, you know what I mean? And I, I don't know if you're going to start next year, but I saw something good on the field last year and I respect what you do in the community and everything else. And I'm going to go and I'm going to try to help you out the best I can because A, I know you're a good person. B, I know you're a good football player and I hope that I can bring you up to a higher place. But if you have contingency stuff like we talked about with Adrian about producing on the field, you, you missed that side of it then. Now it's all of just about wins and playing and production. Let's go back to the phones. Here's Fernie. He joins us, wants to weigh in on the NIL discussion. Go ahead, Fernie. I mean, like so many issues to talk about, right? I mean... Pick I mean, one. I, Pick I, one I, because I, we've got 20 minutes left in the show. So find a good one and go uh, on that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, players have become employees. Okay? So, I mean, that's NIL. You're an employee and but the only thing is the employer can't fire the player and can't do a lot of things and, and all that. But I think that's what eventually it's going to end up. That's being a pro player. That's called being a pro player. And, like, you're talking about Ty Smith or whatever. Yeah, you're right, man. He's just cashing out. And I don't blame him. I mean, if the money's there and all that, and, I mean, take it. You know, I mean, what else do you do? But, you know, you end up being so small or, or whatever when it comes to NIL stuff. I mean, me as a – as a okay, so I'm a season ticket holder when it comes to football and basketball and stuff, and I'd like to donate, you know, on the side eventually to the athletic program. I haven't done NIL, you know, basketball, or, you know, we don't have football. But what do I do? You know what I'm saying? I mean, because, I mean, you got to look at – I mean, uh, small donors like me, we start looking at, like – you know, tax purposes because to the athletic program, I can write it off. NIL, I can't. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's. So where should my money go? Fernie, I have you a know, question. Where, where? I have a question for you. If if you were going to donate yeah. to NIL, whether it be football or basketball, uh, but you're donating to an individual, would you rather uh, donate to somebody who's on the court and you know is a good person off the court, you know, a, a good member of the community and doing right things, or would you rather put your money where you know you're probably going to get more wins out of it? Something like Adrian talked about a contingency where they have to have a certain number of points or yards or statistics or something like that. Oh, throughout I mean, the year. I'll, I'll take Adrian. I mean, I'll take Adrian. Man, I'll take the the, no matter what his character is, and that's unfortunately. Hey, you want you want to win? A, you want to win well, again? Well, I'm a UTEP, okay? I'm exactly, a UTEP, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm and a UTEP that's... guy. Now, 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 if you're talking about character issues and all that, I mean, that's a that's a luxury. If I had, I don't know, man, a mill to give away, and I can actually make decisions like that about. You know, like, oh, I want a character guy who I'm going to, you know, give money to or the whole, you know, the whole offense, the whole defense. I don't care. But I don't I don't have that thing, man. I, I just, you know, for the for the whole thing is, I'm t- you know, I, I'm, I'm obviously looking at basketball right now. I'm tired of the way the damn, I'm, I'm sorry, the darn team is playing like, you know, where they're, they're, they're just bipolar, right? And then, 
I mean, what am I supposed to say? I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you guys about that. I go, I'd probably, probably take the victories, man. Well, right now, if you don't, what's going to happen is, is that, look, proof's in the pudding. Go to these games right now. Fernie, we're probably around the same age. We grew up when the Haskins Center was full on most nights for whack games and team was hanging banners all over the place. Now you're lucky when you walk in and you see, you know, four or 5,000 uh, for a game. You know what? What's horrible, Steve, is I got season. T- I got four season tickets, and no, I'm not down out there, out there with you know the waiter service. But I, you know, I've only been to like one game, and I just I don't have it in me, man. I mean, the way this team's performing and stuff. But that's another that's another topic, man, that we've talked about before. But but I'm talking about the NIL. You know, where where do I want to put my small donation towards? You know, um, do I want to, you know, go towards the the program, you know, the select department where I can write it off or go to the NIL where I can't write it off and it's just going to be up. I mean, like, hey, I'm I'm just rolling the dice on it, you know, and I'm just saying, but that's what athletics is all about right now. You know, give me your thoughts before we uh, wrap things up. Fernie, appreciate the call. Yeah, Fernie, thanks for calling in. And like I said, that's that's one of the cool things about having people call in is I like to hear people's perspective and get to talk to them, you know, honestly on air about it. Um, I think to finalize, like, I, I understand. I, I don't fault you for saying that you'd put something towards, you know, somebody going towards wins, but maybe my question got a little bit skewed. You know, I'm not saying donate to the bench player that, you know, is good in the community and does community service. It was more on the fact of, you know, would you put money into something that's contingent on somebody performing out there as opposed to finding a guy uh, that's a good player and you have belief in them as a person and then supporting them as well. And I think there's the, there's both, you know, both sides have validity, but you know, you start getting into the what ifs and the details of things, but there could be a guy where you're like, all right, I'm going to give you, you know, a certain amount of money. If you have 800 yards this year and you know, they're a great player. They get hurt for two games because they rolled their ankle and they end up with 750 yards. And now they don't get the NIL money that, you know, was so, supposed to be based off of their production and work and things like that. And it's like, well, now I guess, you know, in quotes, you didn't do a good enough job, you know, for lack of a better term. And now you're not getting rewarded or anything else like that. So, yes, it's holding athletes accountable with, you know, that line of thought. But it's also moving towards, you know, professional playerism and having having a you know university or people own your rights to your talent and how you do. Good point. We'll wrap things up with Cade. Wrap it up on Sports Talk next. Appreciate you, Fernie. Quarter uh, after, actually, quarter in front of 7 o'clock at 645. We'll come back. We'll uh, finish it off next. Final countdown, 600 ESPN El Paso.